Relax. Relax. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody calm down! Just like little girls and boys We play with grown-up toys We never thought of sink or swim My brother hurts me, so I hurt him Welcome to Tez Eastland, episode 157, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the prof, Carl Riley. Everyone ill. Uh, Gary, aka Baldy Balls, as I'm now known. <laughs> um, Mick is calling that one. Yeah, uh, I think, do I owe everybody apology for the detailed description of my nether regions last week? Yeah, Gary, I think you may have made a balls but last week. I did. There you go. I mean, uh, The listeners have spoken, they don't want all the hairy details. Yeah, I got shafted. Yeah, I think I got shafted. So we're gonna go, and we're gonna. They are our official Nether Region grooming sponsor. It's Manscaped. Tifties is the code. T F T E S. Get in touch with Manscaped. Check their website and use the code to get twenty percent off. Um, and you can have baldy balls like me and Carl. Uh, of course, Ocean Electrical are still involved, and they are our uh, sponsor forever. And a big shout out to the gaffer Craig Matten. He was uh, in hospital recently, so uh, hopefully he recovers soon. He should be back on his feet in no time. And yeah, so big one, big uh, shout out to Craig Matt, and hopefully he recovers soon. And of course, Leinster credit. Um, are for for the, when the unexpected happens, Prof. Mm-hmm. When those unexpected occurrences occur, please get in touch with Leinster credit. They got your back. <laughs> so that's Leinster credit. They've got you. Back. <laughs> I like that. We're gonna go with that one from now on. Um yeah, so we're gonna talk about a long unbeaten oh god, we just talk about this buff. <sighs> Dundalk and Sligo and then the Tifties Hotline and an interview with Eamon Dunne, who a Longford Town supporter and former producer of Monday Night Soccer and Soccer Public. You're gonna love this one. Um it's very, very good, very interesting, and he speaks very well. Mm, despite his Longford leanings. I know, yeah. So, um, yeah, a belated happy birthday to JC, Rod Stewart, John Connolly, one of my favourite Rovers people. And a little bit naughty back in the day, old John was. Still a little bit naughty now. And, um, yeah, big, big happy birthday to John Connolly. Uh, some man for the wardrobes. Check out his wardrobes. He stuck wardrobes on my gaff. Oh, some wardrobes. Official wardrobe supplier of the podcast. <laughs> wardrobe is, partners. Wardrobe partners, John Connolly. Carpentry. Uh, last week's show Billy Nolan and the Sportingistas uh, I got a couple actually a Pats fan was very complimentary of the show and he he, he was um, I was saying that it was quite similar to James Richardson and like you had like the, the quite posh accents and they were well spoken he, <laughs> he thought something similar as well so it was like a band Billy Nolan and the Sportingistas <laughs> it's, a very, it's a deadly name for a band <laughs> Uh, Mooner Mooner one of the Tifties bogeys he says Prof should have pulled him on calling us Shamrock I'm surprised he didn't to be honest but he was he's ever the professional he doesn't want to alienate our, our guests and hammer them doesn't actually bother me that much go oh, Shamrock bother, oh it bothers me go Shamrock no 
It's it's our name. It's like it's in our name. Whereas Shams and all this other stuff is just stupid. Shams is worse than Shamrock, but Shamrock we shouldn't be called Shamrock either. It's it's either Rovers or the Hoops or just get it right. Shamrock. It's like even even Alan Carley was at it again. Alan Carley was calling the Shams on his most recent <coughs> show as well. But and the way he said it, you knew he had a big stupid grin on his face, and he knows he's boiling piss. <laughs> but it does. It does boil piss. When one of the Spartan geese's gar brought up Celtic, how tempted do you think I was on a scale of one to ten uh, to say fuck Celtic? I'd say you just uh, in in your mind you just turned on the mute button and you just went. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so Sporting, Sporting, uh, they finished out their season with a five-one home win over Maritimo and a Pedro Gonzalez hat trick to finish as the league. Top goal scorer, twenty three goals, so been a fantastic um official feeder club to the I don't know what we're gonna call them, our official Portuguese club of the podcast. Nice assist by Giovanni as well. They're Cape Verdean International. Oh Giovanni, you remember only talking about him last week. Yeah. Once again the podcast strikes. Yeah. Once we talk about you, you start to get a bit of form. And then we had another another Tifty's bogey said Rob Avell, he said Billy must hold a record for guests saying fuck the most times. Oh it's interesting, isn't it? What counts it out? Can I t- can I think can I think back to anybody else? Corson, really? I'll play it back, and every time he says, I'll just go ding ding. ding yeah. Ding. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's get to it. It's our first batch of callers to the Tifties Hotline, and you know the routine: ten Rovers fans, five Rovers questions, and the questions were as follows. So, uh, name your preferred starting eleven this season if everyone was fit. Also, what is your favourite strike partnership if you've you've ever seen a Rover? So a fun question. Tough. A little bit of fun at the end to pick your part, your your favorite duo up yeah. top because it's tough at the minute to pick a starting eleven even when everybody is fit. We're cheating a little bit there. We've rolled all that into one question, but hey, it's our show. Yeah, that's it. Uh, what's your favorite way day of the season and why? Uh, I love Dairy Prof. Um, mm-hmm. Popular one within the ranks is always Bally Buffet, isn't it? But I love Dairy for some reason. Bally Buffet gets picked quite a lot, alright in this one. I I mine would be Galway. I think it's yeah, Galway's brilliant as well. I just think the fact that Derry's such a city steeped in history, I just like that type of thing. You know, it adds a little bit of needle to it. In fairness, they don't actually segregate us from the fans ever. There, yeah. do you ever notice that they just kind of leave us to it? So there's no real animosity between fans, but something about something about the city. Yeah, love. actually, I like Derry more and more each time we go there, especially because we keep we're winning keep there. Winning, yeah. <laughs> um, until we get back at the football grounds, we've had to do with watch LOI. So what comes to an end? To comes to an end next week. What do you think of the product? And what is your stream routine? So where do you watch it? How do you watch it? Blah, 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 blah. Who do you call? Text during the game. What do you do? What do you drink? The whole lot. Um, prof, my one is I get the PlayStation, hook it up to the big screen, uh, get the Guinness soldiers in. And to be honest, I think you'd be on the WhatsApp group and stuff like that. I try, I try and stay off it because you're missing the game half the time. I, I don't know how these people text so yeah. fast and watch the game. Yeah, no, I've, I've decided I'm taking it a step back from texting during the game now because you miss things like yeah what I do is I catch up at half time I read back in yeah, the chat yeah the 400 messages yeah but yeah that's it the Guinness uh, so what's pissing you off at the moment pick something that has nothing to do with COVID restrictions do you know what pissed me off do you know what really pisses me off first world problem is when I can't find the remote <laughs> especially before the match it, it's clockwork prof I swear to god they're winding me up in that house. <laughs> so I'll go, and I'm, I'm looking around, PlayStation set up, lovely, beep, PlayStation on, Guinness, tss, sorted, and I'm looking around, and going, where is the fucking remote? It's not under the couch, it's not under the pillows, it's not anywhere where it's supposed to be. Never. 
I always find that under Jaden's room, in the microwave, it's in places it shouldn't be. Always. Same with my earpods. Getting ready, jumping on the bike, I'm ready to go. I leave my earpods in the same place every week, every day, and they're moved. That really annoys me. When my, you move things that don't belong to you, and my, you don't tell earpods, the person. No. My earpods don't leave my pocket. Oh, it's, how, how, what, do you get that fear, the feeling of fear? When you're when you're you're leaving and you don't have them and you're like oh my god I'm gonna have to actually talk to people this is this is terrible no because I never forget them <laughs> yeah. I, I, I check that first then I check my keys yeah and my other things there is there's a you have the pant the, yeah the keys yeah. wallet he- headphones um, headphones are number one <sighs> unbelievable what else what else is annoying me there's a few things what about you what's annoying you well purely today. Uh, Every single parcel in Ireland being directed right into my workstation and nowhere else. How about that? That's pissing me off. That's one, yeah. But all, just all the little things, all the all the small little ones. Stop. I don't know who's doing it, but someone's fucking with my stuff in the house. It's getting moved. Um, and then what Question else? Question five. Right Question now. five. Is there a beloved hoop supporter we have lost and who you'd like to be featured in Tifties so in memoriam so with tributes already paid to Maureen Connolly John Cleary John Merriman and Anthony McDonald so far and we had a few obvious ones but um, yeah so here is our next five callers how are you lads Molly O'Brien here my preferred starting 11 if everyone was fitting on it is as follows Manus and goal three centre backs Left side of it, Scales, centre Lopez, and to the right, Joey. To the left, then, is Cavo. To the right, Gannon. And the two centre mids is O'Neill and Watts. Up top, Aaron Green. On either side, Mandrew and Burke. That's leaving out Finn, which I love, but couldn't fit him in there. Hoare. I had Lopez ahead of Hoare, because we all love Lopez. Hoare has a lot to live up to there. Before he gets in, in my opinion. And the left out Grace as well. Again, couldn't really fit him in. My favourite strike partnership. Uh, I was thinking back to the early 2000s with the likes of Tony Grant. And Stephen Grant or Tony Grant and Shawnee Francis. But how could I pick anyone else with Twig and Baker in the Tala era? How could I pick anyone over that? My favourite away trip. Well, for years it was Finn Harps, the Jackson Hotel. Yes, I loved that one when I was a lot younger. But um, for me, it has to be Galway now. Whether it be a weekend down there, an overnight, or just bus down and back, or a train down and back. It's it's a brilliant trip. Brilliant little grounds. Get a great noise out of it. And there's no beating air square. I remember a couple of years back, um, we had a good session down there and a good sing-song. The Galway fans actually came down and joined in with us. And the nightlife was brilliant down there as well. What do I think of Watch It LOI? Um, I think it's brilliant and thank God for it. Um, I don't know what we'd be doing without it. Um, I watch it at home on the laptop. Normally get an A-pack of Guinness. And I'm on the 50s WhatsApp group, so I'd be texting throughout that. And also listen to Pat Tutty and his stupid views on the game. What's pissing me off at the moment, other than COVID, I'm getting an extension done on the house. I've no heat in the last couple of weeks. The back garden's in bits. The small little kitchen I have at the moment is in bits. So thank God it's somewhere out. 
Um, that's what's pissing me off at the moment. A tribute I'd like you to do on a hoop that passed, tragically passed away a few years back was Alan Nipper Nolan. Um, a great guy, he used to be on air buses. Everyone loved him. No one ever had a bad word to say about Nipper. Um, I'd love you to do that. Uh, Sean Field, calling here from Perth, Australia. Probably the fourth most famous Aussie hoop after Ray Wilson, Aussie Knight and Steve Seardy. Um, my starting 11, preferably, but with all the injuries, I don't think we could do it, is Manus and Goal, Pico Scales, Sean Hoare, Gannon and Cabo on the wings, Gary O'Neill, Mandrill, Watts, Bork and Gaffney. Um, best partnership I've ever seen at Rovers up top has to be Twig and Baker. I don't think many will argue with that. I started supporting Rovers in 07 and I don't think anyone has come close to it since that. I would definitely say my favourite away game of the season is Sligo. Um, just a great trip. Been a couple of good tifties buses for that one. I would say Derry, but I don't think I've ever seen us winning Derry. Um, I thought watching Lady Warren was brilliant for me. Obviously, being in Australia, when I moved here in 2018, the only way to watch games that weren't on RTE was a shitty little one-camera stream, no commentary. And if it rained, you were fucked. So I think watching Lady Warren is brilliant. I'll get up for most unless I'm in work the next day. Um, sometimes I've had one too many, I just won't look at the phone and um, watch her back the next morning. It leads to me missus knowing the score before me and watching me endure the pain of fucking rollers not being able to score until the last few minutes. A complaint I would have at the minute is where I'm working now, it's just too hot. 35 degrees every day, up and down putting sun cream on me every other hour. It's a pain in the hole. Um, I would love to hear the tribute for obviously a famous hoop we lost recently, Big Deck. I've really enjoyed all the in memoriams I've heard so far and I didn't know any of them people personally and I didn't know Big Deck personally just from seeing him around the Rovers game so I'd love to hear a memoriam for him. Keep on hooping boys, fuck the balls. Hello, uh, my name is Colin Bourne. Although most people know me as Bob. So here goes. My favourite starting lineup this season. I'm going to exclude uh, Richie Tell because I haven't seen him play yet with Rovers, so I'm just going on what we've seen so far. Manus, Hoare, O'Brien, Pico and Scales, Finn, Mandrew, O'Neill and Watts, Bork and Green. My favourite all-time front two, I have to admit there's a good few I've seen over the years. I've been lucky enough to be following Rovers for a long time. So I, I remember uh, great partnership of Balaam and Gilbert. I remember the 1963-64 season. I was lucky enough to be able to go to most games then. My grandfather, Dick Bourne, used to walk the reserve terrace gate at the time. And he used to sit in the wall at the corner flag and watch all the great players play then. So Balaam and Gilbert seemed to score almost every game I remember in those days. Then I go forward to a couple of years and then Leach and Gilbert. Mick Leach joined it, I think it was around 67. He seemed to have a great partnership with Bobby Gilbert as well. We go on a few years then and I was lucky enough 
the, the, the great teams in the in the 80s, the four in a row team, and we had two great strike partnerships then, uh, Buckley and Campbell, and then later on, Bourne and Larkin. And we can't forget then, the brilliant Gary Twig then, in 2000, from 2009 to 2012, and his early partnership, Vega. My favourite away trip, I always love going to Cork City. Um, and I'd sometimes, more often than not, I'd take in, in a, a night there, we'd stay the night, bring the missus down, and my mate, uh, Gus Delaney, Dean Delaney's father, of Shells and Balls fame, and uh, his partner's, uh, his partner's wife. Uh, but I suppose, really, if you put it down to one, uh, the Bohemians game was always great. I love going to Dynamon Park. Uh, just it's just a great day out. Meet early, have a few beers, and uh, usually, hopefully, have a win and get back. Uh, I'm lucky that again. I remember the rivalry starting with, uh, with Bohemians in the early seventies. I suppose that's for another day. Uh, I have enjoyed watching watching the uh, Watch League of Ireland. Uh, I usually watch it at home with my sons. Uh, there was always room for improvement. It's terrible. I think it's sad that it's going to go away. We don't know what's going to happen, what's going to come on with the streaming service. But I always watch it. The only disappointment was uh, no replays. Uh, I usually text a couple of mates of mine, uh, Gus Delaney again, my cousin Kieran. Uh, so that's, yeah, I, I always enjoy watching the, 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 the Watch League of Ireland. I'm going to have a bit of a rant here as regards... Um, well, that's what, what I have dislike at the minute. Uh, I don't pretend to sound too political, but um, what's going on in Palestine really, really bugs me. It's been going on for so long now. Uh, I'm very proud of my union, the CWU, who've been involved in uh, boycotting Israel goods, the BDS. Uh, and if there's anybody out there listening to this, uh, there's never any harm to try and uh, boycott some of our goods or all of our goods. I think. There's a couple of people who I think deserve uh, uh, recognition from probably in past fans, but I think the, mo the, the one that sticks out is uh, Declan Kell, Big Deck. Wonderful man. I didn't, I have to be honest, I didn't really know him that well. I just know him from going to some of the games, or all the games. He always said hello. He always, I've met him a couple of times socially by accident, it had a point. He's just a lovely, lovely guy. A huge, huge Rovers fan, and a big loss to the Rovers family. I think that's it. Thank you very much for asking me to do this. Look after yourself. Keep on hooping. Bye bye. Wiggity word up. Don't start here. Uh, calling into the Tifties hotline. Uh, first off, going to look at my preferred starting 11 this season. Obviously, this is taken into account people not being injured. So, obviously, Big Allen goal. Then I'm going to go with a back three. Uh, Joey on the right hand side. Peak of the centre. Liam Scales on the, on, on the left. And then in front of them, uh, midfield, Finner on the right, Gary O'Neill, Dylan Watts in the middle, Cabo out on the left, and Danny Mandrew in front of them. And then uh, up front, going to go with Borky, and a bit of a tough choice, but I'm going to go with Bomber Green. I just think he gives us a little bit more. Then going back over the years, I think my favourite strike partnership. It's a tough one to call, but I'm going to go with Mick Bourne and Ole Larkin, because yeah, they were probably the first real strike pair I saw when I started going to Rovers. I just thought they complemented each other really, really well. Now Larkin was that kind of yeah, hard-working pro, kind of 
who held the ball up and uh, Mick Bourne had all the style and all the finish looked great great perm great moustache so yeah gonna go with Bourne and Larkin yeah favourite away day probably has to be Harps doesn't it yeah, it's usually always an overnighter as well which kind of adds to it and I just like Bally Buffet great town great pubs great points fans are great up there so uh, yeah has to be Harps uh, watch LOI yeah obviously it's really really appreciated that we get to see the games obviously it's it's not perfect little things piss me off like the now replays the commentators kind of miss a lot of the game and get names wrong and stuff like that but normally I just kind of watch it with me da yeah watch it cast it from my phone and then normally texting the hoops I say lads journey keeping up giving out and whatever Um. What's pissing me off at the moment is uh, seagulls. Yeah, just I'm, I'm staying with my folks at the moment, and the the seagulls nest every year, and they're just noisy fuckers. Like there's just the noise out of them, and they make a mess. They wake you up at night. We this year we got spikes put into the chimneys, but they seem to be managing to get back in. So they're just really, really annoying. So yeah, I'm gonna say seagulls. And the memorial, I'd like to see one done for uh, Michael O'Brien. Um, just a really great character. On the start of the SRFC TV, it was so much part of documenting Rovers in 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 those tough years, and uh, it was only when 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 he passed away that I that I learned so much about his life outside Rovers and what a fascinating character he was. So yeah, that'd be one for me. So cheers, lads, and up the hoops, keep on hooping. Hello, this is uh, Jim Conroy Hooper. Just um yeah, just a few things to answer here. The the, the best eleven. Oh yeah, I leave that to, to Gary and to um to the prof. In fact, I enjoy that part of the program every, of the podcast every week because uh, uh, poor old Gary does be does be in agony, especially and he hates leaving out there. So I always find that very entertaining, you know. But all I say is that nowadays it's a squad game. We, we we pick different teams for different occasions, and I think overall Stephen Bradley has has, has done a good a, a good a good job in p- picking the right team for, for to suit the occasion. It's it's the best squad we've had since Milltown. I, I've little doubt about that, and I'd just like to give a special mention to, to two players. Uh, I think Manus has been an, an amazing sign, and he, he's probably the best goalkeeper. Well, I think he is the best goalkeeper I've seen playing for the club, and, and I've seen quite a few keepers. And my favourite player is Dylan Watts. I'd always have him in. He, I think he's been brilliant. He he always does damaging games. He he, he always does something positive for, for the team, and I think it's no coincidence that that, that he that he wasn't he wasn't there on Friday night when we lost our when we lost the dark for the it was our first game we lost obviously in 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 a long time. So I think Dylan Watts is fabulous. I, I'd have him I'd have him in every every game every occasion. You know, partnerships up front. That's the next one. Uh, well, I was lucky enough to see some good ones. So there was Leachy with Mick Leachy with, with with Bobby Gilbert and with uh, with Damien Richardson. That, that was very good. With uh, then Campbell and Buckley, a very, uh, Alan Campbell and Liam Buckley, a very, very exciting uh, partnership in the the, the the early to to mid to, to mid eighties. And of course, we won the, the year we won the league, which is fondly remembered, the 1980, uh, 1984 league win. They were great together. Especially Buckley in the air was 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 stunning at times. I also loved Baker and Twig, <laughs> Daisy and, and Gary Twig. Tw- like Twig, we all know about Gary Gary Twig, but 
Baker's his skill range was amazing. I used to love to understand, and the way the two of them used to used to understand and read each other's play before it happened. They, they were great, you know. My favourite, but and I think a lot of people will agree, but my favourite partnership was Mick Bourne and No Larkin in the eighties. Like they won the double, three years, the three years in a row together. Like that, that has never been done by anyone else, and I don't, no one's even come close to achieving what them two did. You know, to imagine winning the double, the double three, it's still amazing to look back on. They they were brilliant together. You know, yeah, my. Uh, my dream uh, pairing up front. I would have loved to see Mick Leach playing with playing with No Larkin because especially the, the remember the, I always remember the year Leach got the fifty six goals. He, he he was incredible, you know. But him with Larkin, Larkin was great in the air, great touch, very intelligent player, one of our best ever signings. I, I I loved Noel and nice bloke to boot. Both of them actually two two, two very nice people, you know. And, of course, with them too, I I I would love to see Jack and Pat Bourne providing the ammunition and Franco from the wing that kind of stuff with Gary Twig on the bench just doing to come on to just in case anything went wrong or someone was injured or something so that's just it's a nice little dream to have isn't it away days well the best of them all is in hearts as like they're a lovely club always make you welcome and we've seen some great games up there i remember that there was a time when we didn't win very often up there we, we, but it was always the same win lose a draw a great trip we've done very well there uh, of late but it's a, it's a, it's it's a great trip as big deck used to say um you know there's no respect for the licensing laws in that part of the world which always helps in an away trip and he was 100 percent correct we had some legendary trips today that's the best one and I also like Sligo. Sligo's, I know there's always needle there with Sligo, but we've had some great games over the years, and it's a great football in town, and uh, and just it's wall to wall pubs, isn't it as well? So we've always had a good trips to Sligo, and also me me other one would be would be um, Galway. Galway are just a lovely club. Always make you welcome. It's it's just and it's a great it's a great city to visit. So I'd have that's it. I'd have Finn Harf's gold medal, silver medal to Sligo, and the gold medal. Uh, sorry, and, and the bronze, the bronze medal would go to, would go to 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 Galway. Just real quick, me the, the worst away trip definitely Longford. It's they just do not make people well for welcome down there at all. You know they're they're the, the hillbillies of the league really. I, I hope, hope they're. Hope they're relegated this season. With the help of God, they will. They'll be relegated and bring back a proper club, you know. Like, Shell, I'd love to see Shelburne back up. We missed the debuts with Shelburne. Now, the next one will be the Watch League of Ireland. Well, technology's not my strong point. You know, WhatsApp's about me limit now. I'm only a new convert to that, you know. So, like, I'm the type of guy, I suppose, I keep a pet dinosaur out the back, you know. But, you know, the Watch League, I don't use it, but I, I, do, I do keep up with the matches on the Twitter. I'm not too bad in that. The, the, the Rover site, RTE, and uh, the away teams. Uh, or, sorry, whichever team I'm playing against, so I'd keep an eye on their site as well. So that keeps you up to date on the scores. But I'd watch the five minute highlights then later on, which can be which can be very quite good, you know. I do I do enjoy that, you know. Now, so 
Oh, me, me, me big ranch. Yeah, the thing I don't like in the, at the moment. Well, VAR is the one. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. It's dreadful. I'd get rid of it totally. I, I've absolutely no time for it. Football's all about injustice, justice, injustice, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, to, you know, you have to have, you have to have controversy. You have to have, and let the referee, like us all, make, make, get good decisions, bad decisions. You know, the, the world will never be a perfect place, you know. Like, football's all about controversy. It's about, it's, it's like the 78 Cup final. You, you get off the bus and slow, you go, and, and they mention that penalty within 10 minutes, someone, or you go into a pub, they, one of the locals have mentioned that. But that's what football's about. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's about controversy. It's like England winning the World Cup in 66, the, over the line with Jeff Horst. That, you know, it's part of football history, isn't it? And also, Shereen with Rovers, we've, we've suffered them as well. It's like the Lee Grayson where the ball hit him in the face against balls. Like, you know, it's, it's the injustice and we're still we're still going on about it, you know. But that's that's what football should be about. So I get rid of VAR totally. I, I just think it's, I, I think it's shocking, you know. Now, the, yeah, the Hoopers who passed on, it's, it's, it's all, there's been so many over the years. And I'll just give a little list of people. That, you're always afraid of leaving someone out. I, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to sit down and have a chat with, with over a point someday with, 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 with Gary and, and the prof and just go through some of the people, really. But just a little list. I'll, I'll name one at the end. I'd like to see a program, uh, a tribute to fairly soon. Just a little list. Obviously, Big Deck, George Bourne. Tony and Billy Eustace, the two John Conroys, my brother and me, one of my best mates, the other John Conroy. Uh, Kitty Mellon was amazing. What an amazing, she was just an amazing fan, amazing woman. Um, Mr. Mr. P, we all, know, we all knew Mr. P. Jerry Smith was a great hooper. Henry Blake, Ned and Ed Armstrong. Great man, great man, great man, the away trips and all. <laughs> Pat Linehan. Pat, a neighbour of mine was great. Paddy Delahunty, Robin Brown, Jimmy Keane, Jimmy Cripps. He was a great fan. Aiden, now, see, there's loads of quiet fans. People like people like Aidan Aiden Davis was was uh, lived near me here, and he he was a great fan. Very quiet man. A lot of people wouldn't have known Aiden. And then there's and then there's people I, I wouldn't have known like Andrew Casey. I, I just always remember his name. I didn't know Andrew, but he was a great fan. But the the person I'd like to see doing a tribute to kind of soon would be uh, Jack Wilson. Jack was a great fan, and he never he, he never got to see Tala, but he he done more than anyone else probably to, to get us there. He he really loved the club, Jack. He was, he was a great friend. Let's, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity of, of naming all those great people and, and and answering a few questions. It's 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 jogged a few memories for myself. Thanks very much, and remember, keep on hooping. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, fantastic stuff again, Prof. Uh, Mick McCarthy, he's not. He wasn't in that batch. He's in the second batch of callers right at the end, uh, later in the show. Uh, I won't spoil it, but Mick gets a bonus question mm. exclusively for Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy, the senator. So you hear that later. But in terms of those five we just heard, we heard Jim Conroy, Gar, who finds your agony entertaining. Thanks, Jim. That's lovely, lovely to hear. Try to um, pick your eleven. I'd love to have Jim on every week. I think he's gas. I think he's great. Um, I'm going to say something, listeners. You might be shocked by this. Jim spoke for nine minutes there. 
to me it felt like four yeah just flies in very very listenable fella I think we should like I said we should get him commenting on just totally random things <laughs> watching YouTube videos and I'll just let him comment on it I think he'd be hilarious and off the air he had a, he had a good stat for me go on Jim he said that because um, we across we went 33 league games unbeaten and in the 60s the the six in a row of FIA Cups we went 32 games unbeaten Ooh. in the cup and funny enough we were beaten by the same team on both ends again in that case in that case it was Shelburne began and ended with Shelburne no way what are the odds it's of that funny how it works it's crazy that. isn't it yeah. funny enough a guy in work actually he was telling me that his granddad played for he lives in I think he lives in Canada now he's a goalkeeper and he played in the 60s during the 6 in a row and I can't his name his name fucking escapes me now I'll get it for next week but he was telling me all about it. He was like, I was like, apparently he's one of the Manchester, one of the teams that played Manchester, one of the players, and he's still alive. Oh, that was 57 then. Yeah, so 57 into the 60s. So that would have been, there's not many, is there? There's, there's uh, only a few. I think Sheila Darcy was the goal, our goalkeeper for that I, game. I think we could narrow it down anyway, yeah. but yeah. Some great stuff from the lads again, the Tivity Hotline. So if you want to get involved, let us know. Definitely don't be shy. Uh, so, Prof. Chernobyl, little trip up there, and we lost 2 1. And we wore our black away kit. Joey O'Brien came back, and Liam Scales played left wing back. We had Aaron Green starting up top with Rory Gaffney, and uh, didn't see that one coming, prof. No, we didn't have him Let's in our team. It doesn't happen again. Wasn't, wasn't a fan of it, to be honest. Uh, Finn went down in the last second of training that morning, so Pico was a standing captain as well. Um, not not a great not a great night of the races for us. There was a protest beforehand, expected really, but it wasn't what we thought it would be. We thought it'd be trying to stop the bus and stuff like that. But listen, they they got their they got their uh, their protest done and dusted. So I think we had a savvy bus driver. Yeah, took a bit of a, a detour. I I I doubt Ron Finn has missed a Robert Dundalk match before since he came back. So only thinking that he'd be the first name on the team sheet, really, mm. wouldn't he? When you're very surprised. actually rang the changes as well. He made six changes. Uh, Sean Hoare Got an additional match suspension, so you miss Sligo as well. All that melting we spoke of. I know, yeah. That's now that's the one thing I always when I was playing ball when you were younger. Manager, any manager I ever had always said, Don't get booked for melting. Just get if you're gonna get booked or sent off, make it worth it. Clatter someone, do whatever. If you get sent off for melting, you're in trouble. Yeah. Always was the case, wasn't it? Kevin Zeffi on the bench. Funny you'd only mention him the, mention the week him, before, yeah. yeah. We were wondering, is he still on our books? Well, he is until July 1st, and then he's off to Inter. Officially? Yep. Officially done and dusted, Inter Milan. Congratulations, young man. Um, yeah, Gavin Bazzuno as well, prop. Big Gav in attendance, and he was a visitor at Rollstone the other week as well, so he's taking in some experience, some big Al again, and uh, he's a fucking, he's a big man now, isn't he? Jesus, what are they feeding him over there? Yeah, he's been hanging out the last few games. He was in, at the, the Sligo game as well, so... Good to see Gav back. So, four minutes in, Prof. We uh, the Ginger Messi heading off the bar. Um, it was a good start. And it's, it's just... Yeah, we started very positively. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, Gaffney header off the bar and then you had four corners in the first seven minutes as well. We had Danny on corners in uh, Dinawat's absence. Don't think we've scored from a corner this season, no. have we? A couple of free kicks. A couple of people been talking about his delivery and thing like that. A little bit floaty. But Jack's mm. a different animal altogether when it comes to set mm. pieces and he just, he had it nailed whereas Danny's, yeah. like I, I love in-swingers, I don't like out-swingers, like out you know. I'd love to see a compilation of 
Pigo's goals from Jack's deliveries. Yeah. They were so pinpoint. Pinpoint, like just there. He knew where to put them. Pico knew where to be. Um, the, uh, ultimately, the corners were a downfall as well in the, the first few minutes with this break. Um, I mean, to concede a goal from our own corner. I can't believe this. Is How, like, this shocking. has happened a few times now where they're just true on goal. And we spoke with this before where no one really gets put through on goal anymore and the defenders are chasing them down and they're, they have a full free passage towards the goal. Did your jaw drop when you just saw McElhaney with half the pitch? My jaw dropped when I saw Kelly from the half to the line. left of him. Who was, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it Dan O'Kelly on the left of him? Number seven. Can't remember. We were just looking at it going, what? It's like, why has McElhaney got so much space? And then all of a sudden someone else popped up beside him. I was like, why, why has he got so much space? It's two of them. He could have squared yeah. it as well. Fatty he endeavoured by Beagle in fairness to get back. He almost did. Yeah, yeah. But uh, McElhaney buried super, it. Super finish by McElhaney. He could have he could have squared that as well and they would have scored. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. it's not good. It really isn't. And we're not, we're getting turned around far too easy like that. Totally against the run of play because as we said, we, we were very good the first 10 minutes. Mm. And uh, so that's the third straight game that we went 1-0 down. And just a quick stat before this game, we had scored the first goal six times this season and won them all. There's only league games now. Oh, yeah. We had gone 1-0 down in five games, won two of those and drawn three. So at this point, you're still confident again back into it. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine so as well. I mean, I'm always confident that we're going to get back in considering what we've been doing this season, but... At least we got a quick enough response from Joey O'Brien. So scrap, scrappy in the box, and oh, he just buried it. Our pal Abibi. I mean, once we saw him on the starting eleven, we thought, yes, we're gonna score. What is going on there? I was going he for was a so flap bad, or something. And you loving Shields' daggers? <laughs> I love them so much. If looks could kill, this keeper is just. Well, I, I Sherry has made a few clangers as well, but their goalkeepers just undoing their whole I love, season. He's kind of like a not like a salmon going up river. Like he's flopping around most of the time. And he, he made an awful attempt to go for that mm. one. And then Joey just buried it. So, so Joey O'Brien is up to three goals now for Shamrock Roberts, Gary. He's only one behind Rory Gaffney. Okay. Well, officially Gaffney is more my eyes, but... And we finally got to see Joey's bowling celebration, Gary, on Twitter for that goal. Well, some people may not say it's bowling. Well, there are other implications, but I think he meant it as bowling. That's a pose you'd see on Bangor Field now a few <laughs> times. <laughs> Back when you were... You were young, so... Um, also, Joey is now my phone wallpaper. So, just another olive branch being extended there, you know. Let's, let's well, end you, this feud. You can extend all the olive let's branches you want. That's not happening. Joey is dead to us. Well, me, anyway. Did you notice, by the way, before the their first goal, a flare was lit at the corner of the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just smoking onto the pitch. We're getting there, Prof. We're getting there. We'll be back in the stand soon. But uh, 32 minutes, Manus. Saved the near post. This is a really good save. Got down well. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting Duffy to bury this all day. This was a super ball in by yeah. McElhaney. Oh, he great, was a, great save. Do you know what? In fairness, in like, would you take McElhaney in your team? And would you think he'd fit into this team? On his day, McElhaney is easily top two, three players in the league. Yeah. Um, natural talent. He's, but magic. He's, he's injured a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of frustration. You don't get any longevity yeah. out of him, isn't it? Um, yeah, so great save by Manus, and uh, it was heating up. And then we we uh, twenty nine minutes. Bork lining up a shot in the box, and a great block by Boyle. And we were torn in the screw. We were like, we we weren't poor in this game. Like the amount of chances that we created, we should have been outside. Yeah, Berkey maybe took too long to wind up that shot. Yeah, that maybe. he does that twist and yeah. torn carry on, doesn't he? Where he, mm. he thinks he's gonna shoot, doesn't goes onto his rifle, beats a fella, 
comes back around, beats him again, <laughs> then maybe gets a shot off. Yeah. Sean Gannon had the freedom allowed in this first half, out <laughs> on that right side. That's something I never want to have, is the freedom <laughs> of Leod. Imagine being bestowed that honour. Imagine the, the mayor gave it to you. the freedom allowed, what do you do with that? Do you give it back, that's are what you, you do. Are you allowed to decline? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did, uh, they tracked his route in the second half and they, they shut him off then, but have you noticed Gannon and Berkey are almost never on the same wavelength? Especially now us at home games. We haven't had uh, that joy from a wide that we, we we would have with Kavanaugh. And that we did have a Finn as well. Finn was great. Mm. So we haven't had that joy that we've had from those positions this year at all. Kavanaugh has gone. Farouk has gone. Gannon's not himself. It's just not working the way we want it. Scale's been great when he's there, in fairness. But mm. it's just not really happening. So we went into the went in at the break. I was thinking to myself, we should be outside here. This, if we keep playing the way we're playing... I mean, we can do something here. Didn't Bork, didn't Bork barely went off the bar in the fourth half as well? We hit the bar three times. On this, uh, no, it's uh, 53rd minute. It's coming up in a minute 53rd now. 53rd minute. He smashes one off the post. So the second half anyway. And then have the lob, even before we get near that, we've uh, a couple of minutes in, the green lob. And this like this was perfectly executed. Perfectly. And the fucking pitch, the, mm. the acceleration of the rubber particles exploding pushed this onto the bar. How does this stay out? Any it's the other pitch, man. It's the any, pitch. Any other pitch in the country, Barry Derry. Have you ever, like, have you ever seen that before? No. I've never seen a lob bounce onto the crossbar. Ever. I was looking at it, and when it happened, I was thinking, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> ever before. It was fucking bizarre. This pitch is just ridiculous. Bizarre. And do you remember they ripped yeah. it up? They ripped up that old pitch they had. And then they put down we were thinking they're actually going to get grass and then they got a fucking Astro instead. You can e- you could even hear Barr and Gary Rogers talk about it. He said the new one was kind of an improvement but he still hated it. Like, that's a Dundalk player saying he hated the pitch. No, it's, it's horrible. And it's, you know what Screener was already celebrating? He was wheeling, like, wheeling off, away. Wheeled off. Unbelievable. In the 53rd minute we'll talk about Bork coming in and burying it off the post that BB was nowhere to be seen and this is Bork. This is classic Bork. Cutting in, beating a player and then Burying it on his left. It's what he does best. It's where he does all his best work, in my opinion, on the right side and the cutting in. and Because uh, he's got that ability to cut in so well. Coral one, smash one, the whole lot. And I'm so unlucky not to go in. At this point, I'm loving uh, Mandrayu's range of passing. And to, just to tie in with the pitch, actually, there was one where he sprayed an absolutely glorious ball out to Sean Gannon. This was perfectly weighted. And sure enough, the pitch took it away from yeah. Gannon. Actually, hold Goes on, out I think, for a throw-in. Yeah, but I think before we go any further, wasn't it Scales who got the header actually in the fourth half, I think? Which chance was that? The header the header off the middle of the bar. Maybe it's not in the nose a ginger there, gentleman yeah. anyway. But no, Gaffney. It was Gaffney, wasn't that Scales? Yeah. I thought You're mixing up your gingers there. <laughs> give, it, give it a year or two and I'll be accused of something there, watch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you won't be. I won't be woke. <laughs> confusing two ginger people will be cancelled, girl. Yeah, cancelled for confusing their gingers. But the 59 minutes as well with Kelly and uh, broke down the wing. And um, it was, I don't know, what do we say? Do we say Manus is at fault here? Should Manus save this? Manus made a decision to go low, Kelly made the decision to go high, and it yeah. just kind of went through his hands. And uh, it was a good finish on his 25th birthday as well. But I, last year's man of saves that for me. So 
I don't know. That's my opinion anyway. Not a poor one to give away. It was. It was really, really, really fucking frustrating. Like, and that, like I mean, we had the chances, but we were just fucking knocking the ball off the bar constantly. We we're getting balls cleared off the line. You know, it was just one of those nights. Could have been there mm. all night. Wouldn't have scored again, possibly. We've hit the woodwork more times than the lumberjack. <laughs> but here we were now, exactly the situation we didn't want. We're chasing the game with that bench. We've got a bench of six teenagers. Five of whom had never played in the top flight before. Mm. They had twenty-seven league appearances of any League of Ireland variety to them to their name. I had this argument with this no-name Pat's gentleman that I work with. His uh, his name rhymes with Schmoil Schmully, and he uh, he said that he said, "Well, why aren't you playing those players? Why aren't they brought off the bench?" And I said, "Well, I don't know." And so Bradley goes, "Because they're not good enough." And I'm always having this argument with him because he's all up his own arse about Pat's having young lads playing well in the team. And I said, oh, well, you might have, I don't, I don't think that's that's fair to say. Like, I mean, these players definitely have pedigree and they're and they're good. And he says, and why aren't they playing? Why aren't they taking chances on them? I said, no, nah, I don't agree with you. In this case, we didn't have a strong eleven on the pitch who were playing yeah. well, <laughs> and uh, we didn't make a sub until what was it, ten minutes to go? And Dino came on, was it? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like in the group chat, we're talking about. When we watch games and watch LOI. <laughs> as as early as half time, somebody will suggest a substitution. We're like, oh, get him off. Bring get him, him on. Off. More than likely, yeah. it's Mark Turner. <laughs> wanting everyone to get hooked. He always wants to double switch at half time. Yeah. Get in the hook well, or keep Finn on or get Finn on or Finn, I love you. <laughs> but what said it all was in, the, in this group chat, it was the 70th minute and nobody had suggested a substitution. No. Not one person. That. That said all was where the situation we were in. Although I do like the look of um, Amaku. I do like it, a nippy winger. So a bit of pace. Def- it stretches teams. I mean, it's something different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we had uh, more more drama with an 84-minute super save by Manus after a Duffy ball in as well. So once again, like they, they did have chances as well. It was back and forth. Like, nuts. It was a mad game. It could have been seven fucking five. Like, it was a mental game. And... Uh, Duffy Rumour mill is going around again Prof Duffy and Going back to Derry Derry yeah Duffy going back to Derry Alongside McElhaney And apparently it's a done deal I mean Jim and Jilton's quotes in the paper Were absolutely mental I think it was after After the bowl game He said we need a massive clear room I can't believe that (laughs) Did Magilton not oversee all these signings And now he's saying Three months in We need a clear out I think that's insane. It's a mental statement. What a thing to say. I mean, talk about alienating your players. And uh, I, I predicted he was going to have a decent run with them. But yeah, so that was the, the chance from Duffy. The Duffy ball in. We oh, we just... We could have scored six or seven. We really could have. It just wasn't our night. And I think that's what you can put it down to sometimes. Like, you just didn't get the look. The header off the mm. bar. Uh, Borky off the bar. The greener off the bar. You know, you, that's that's total bad luck. The ball bouncing up like that. Don't care what anyone says. We've won a few games this season where we should have lost. And this game, we lost a game we should have won. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, swings and roundabouts. And personally, I thought we deserved to win the game. Sligo's a different story. Yeah, well, we'll get to Sligo. We're, gonna get the, we're getting the we're, hooks we're, out for that. We're trying to... The claws are out for that one. We're trying to convey our feelings as we go along mm. with each game here. And this is how we felt at the time. But uh, four minutes to go, the stream randomly showed... showed uh, week 11 highlights Oh about, we didn't give our opinions On about uh, half watch a LOI either Did we Well here's my opinion What the fuck was that What the fuck is that Like 
um, I know they need like I think Kane Kane Hopkins who you'll hear from soon he gave us a little insight into what it's like to actually because he's involved with media and things like that so what's involved what's involved in actually getting replays you have to pay someone to do it that's no problem but I think we're of the opinion that if you're going to do something do it do it as best as you can and they, they half-arsed it really they could have got someone in to do replays they could have got someone in to show the previous week's games the most recent highlights as well that's another thing I don't know how many times I've watched fucking Drata score goals mm. and from week 11 do you know what I mean <laughs> like they constantly show the same same highlights over and over it, is it that hard to compile highlights and yeah. show them in real time you know I got the impression it was never meant to be that good no never it was just a stopgap it was one of those things where they were like we used to fucking do this now just throw something together you know one of those things then again most people were complimentary in the the hotline Um, yeah they were but like we we have to call a spade a spade and give them criticism where it's due and that Mm. is due like no replays is terrible it really is do you know what I mean and Mm. like it's gone now anyway and we have a fantastic alternative coming up prof don't we yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that we'll later Keep storm well. on that. But, but uh, uh, here, here it comes, Gar. Do we have to? Here it comes. All right, we love him. We love the guy. We absolutely adore what he does for the team and what he brings in. But Aaron Green should not be missing these headers. Like, it's an open goal. Um, the other one. The other one was... What was the other one we were talking about before? Stockholm. No, there was another one this season. There was a really bad one this season as well. Oh, I think it was Pats, maybe. Oh, no, Dundalk, where he, he dragged it wide. Oh, yes, the one yeah. where the whole left side of the goal was open. Yeah. And he dragged it wide being Q. Now, I've heard arguments saying that he's not a striker, he's not this, he's not that. I just... I, we can't help but be frustrated from watching these misses. Like, And it's... We're not picking on the guy, but he is the guy who does miss a lot of openers. And openers is probably a light term. They're mm. sitters. They're sitters. Like, they really are. That header was a sitter. You sent me that gif. And I just lobbed the phone at me daughter. I went, ah! <laughs> I was like, what are, you, what are you throwing at me for? I, was I like, hope she's okay. I don't know. <laughs> just random. Randomly chucking the phone at people. Just out of frustration. It was, it was actually worse in Stockholm. It was it, bad. Like, it was. There's nothing we can... Like, we're just, not hammering the guy. We're not criticizing... Well, we could say it's criticism, but we're t- it's an opinion that he should have scored it. It's an open, it's a free header. I don't know if he sees the player on the line and he's thinking, he's overthinking, where do I direct this? Do you think Greener is trying to be too cute every time? Well, the one time he did the right thing actually was Bran. Remember he missed a big chance in, in Norway? Yeah. The ball came across to him and he hit the target, did the right thing. But it was just straight at the keeper, mm. like anywhere else. In this case, maybe he's trying to be cute, too cute right now, but uh, but we can go back and we can talk about like a couple of misses he had. I think, I'm hoping he scores an absolute screamer if he does play. Um, I think it's I think he had a couple of bad misses before Apollon again, then he scored that screamer. But there's there has been a lot of them, and there was one against Pats as well where it was pretty much a tap in that came in on his right foot, and he was an air swipe. Just a couple of then we're not we don't really pick on him here, but we're just having that Aaron Green Aaron Green debate now. Well, no, we're not going to pick on him because let's weigh up what he's given us in the thirty three game on beat and run. Yeah, in terms of how he's affected games, how he's brought other players into the game, how he links everything up, I, it I agree far outweighs 
these two or three shock and misses. Definitely agree with you, yeah. Definitely, and that's where we're going to be positive now. And what he brought in the 33-game run as regards to bringing other players into the team, especially Jack and Aaron, I think that could be the... Maybe that's it. That's what you're looking at as well. I mean, he's been affected by those players who have brought the best out of him. Mm. I mean... It, He's laying Jack and Aaron McInef on who are scoring goals and it looks it looks brilliant. Whereas now, we're not really playing like that anymore. You know, we have a different style of play at the minute and he's been affected by it. Like you always say, trust the process. It's worked till now and Aaron Green has a big, been a big reason why that's worked till yeah, now. Yeah, it really has. But I think his game of bringing other players creatively, creatively into the game is being stifled at the minute because we just, we're struggling with injury. We don't have those really, really creative players to produce the magic and Borky is just gone rogue like he's just, he just does what he wants Borky in there so that's what you're thinking personally as well. I don't want Gapney and Green together anymore no I don't think so I, I think, think it's got to be one or the other I think I agree with you with that and we'll get on to the, the deepness of Danny Mandroyu as well is this something you want to continue to see I mean it, it was our hand was possibly forced like he gave the ball away he gave the ball away for the for which goal was it the the second goal he gave the ball away for the Kelly goal hmm. it was so bad as well it was right in our half like that's a mortal sin there's mortal sins in football tying your boots during a game it's a mortal sin making a sub before a corner that's a mortal sin giving the ball away in your own half is a mortal fucking sin and he did it a few times and it caused a goal I've been, said, I mean? I've been said that in the second half against Ligo it was a poor performance all around but he was actually the only one who looked to be able to do anything. Like, he was yeah. making sort of probing, advancing passes far more than anyone else. I still even, don't like the deepness, Even though. from that position, he was yeah, he yeah, was yeah. the one. I still don't like the deepness, but this, it's, it, her hand has been forced recently, so that's what you're looking at. And then you've got, obviously, Gaffney and Green playing together because of that, and he's dropping down. So it's an adjustment that you have to make because of injuries. But um, the streak, Prof... We'll move on from the greener now. Like we said, we're just discussing it. It's a discussion. It's not. We're not gutting anyone here, not yet. Anyway, and the streak ended when it started in September, where it started in September 2019, and you had a great stat saying that the shells are other streak. It was yeah. starting the shells, ending the shells, just starting Dundalk book, and book ended Dundalk. by the same team. Funny how that happens, but that. Yeah, but the last podcast where we lost a league game so long ago, Prof. We were only asking me. You were to ask me <laughs> what what did I dread? When was the last time I was dreading one? The the one the ones I dreaded most were the, when we were losing the balls, and well, that kept yeah. going, you know. And we 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 were thinking, right? I think one of them was really bad. It might have been around the enough is enough banner, but some well, of them. The last time we lost two in a row was uh, Grace getting hit in the face. Enough balls, and then we went with injury. That was that was a really bad injuries and suspensions. We went to the dark and lost in there. It wasn't that bad though because we 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 had reasons for losing. Yeah, down no, the two, yeah. the two. Where we lost now the one where we lost two players Clark and Grace that was yeah. a really that was we dreaded that one though. No, I think the worst one was Bray and Bowles twenty eighteen oh, back to back. I remember sitting in Johnny Blues and we just were finding other things to talk about. We see a dog, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. "We're gonna talk with the dog now." Look his little tail. But um, uh, no, I looked it up last time we did a podcast where we lost the league match. Tifty's one oh five twenty sixth of September. <laughs> 52 podcasts ago 2019 we were doing our uh, all time 11 hold on are you telling me this is to a year it was exactly a year ago possibly 52 podcasts it could have been we had a gap obviously but you know what I mean 
yeah. year of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. We were, we were still doing our best 11. We had Mal Slattery on for an interview. We hadn't even won a trophy yet under Bradzer. The Bowes curse had only just ended. This was a long time ago. And funny enough, I actually was only putting... I had to change my Revolut password today because it was 17 and 24. And I'd only realised that. I was like, I have to fucking update this. Now, I'm not going to put it in as the new one, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I'd only realised that. So it's 18.25 now. Though. When did I get it? I got it for... <laughs> you just tell it everyone you ever uh, Yeah, no, I think I got it for Iceland. So that's that's what the crack was with that. But yeah, so uh, the unbeaten run wasn't going to last forever, Prof. It, it never was. And we knew it was coming. I didn't think it would come as swiftly as this. I didn't think we'd lose our home record as well, which you were really pissed off with. Hmm. Um, I, I didn't think we'd lose it as quickly as, as it was. But... Listen, it happens, and we just have to move on, and pick ourselves up, and hopefully this break is the right time. After done, after long for the way, uh, hopefully we're going, we're getting this break at the right time. Get everybody fit. The walking wound can be healed, and hopefully we'll, we'll move on from it. Yeah, we, we knew we were going to lose eventually, but uh, just a shame that it had to had to be to them, didn't it? Especially after the five one the balls, you're thinking, how did we lose that shower? Oh, even on the Monday, even on the mm. Monday, I just thought to myself. They're probably gonna do us like no matter what they'll up their game. Considering the shite we've been giving them, what's going on behind the scenes? Peak six, <laughs> absolutely everything. Them having a terrible season. I was thinking they are primed to beat us here, primed. And I didn't want to say it because didn't want anyone to say fucking jinx. But ah, <laughs> it happened, didn't it? Did you see their poster after the game? Yeah, I thought that was embarrassing. From their official Twitter account, like it's an once again like there's there's lines you don't cross. You know what I mean? You have a professional program. And you have a fanzine, you've got like a a, a, a a professional official Twitter and then you've got like parodies or whatever you want to call them. But what a strange poster. They're using a rings end banner from a cup final that we beat them in. The most legendary cup final of all time nearly with fans, display, pyro, the outcome, brilliant. And they decided to use that. I just found it very strange myself anyway. Yeah, rent free comes to mind. Rent though. free as they said. but um, Still unbeaten on grass at this point. Which was, which was a great joke for the three days that it lasted. Who who made that joke? Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. So I go as well, Prof. They were awarded a 3-0 win over Waterford as they expected. So when Monday became a huge game with them, only two points behind us. So um, Yeah, so we, we went from possibly going eight points ahead to end up going a point behind in the space of two weeks. Yeah. It's football, isn't it? But the yeah. thing is as well, though, I I took note of this as well because you were talking about it with Alan Colley saying that Bradzer wasn't classy. I didn't get any. Now, we're, we we can call it how it is. We take the rough with the smooth and we tell it how it is. I, didn't, I thought Bradzer was great. He didn't say that we were a hard dumb boy or anything like that. Like He said pretty much what I felt. We should have won. We had a couple of chances. We turned off for the goals. The goals were, were bad to give away and we ultimately were the better team. That's the way it was against Sundar. There's no other way of dressing that up. And if you think, you're obviously not a football fan if you think there's any different because we, we absolutely battered them. No, now, fairness, the, they did a couple of decent chances. It was the throwing uh, against Derry. Or the, that as well, though. That's when he means he was on nah, but I, I didn't say anything about this, I don't think. But no, they weren't. They were saying that he was uh, something about defeat as well. They were saying he, was, he wasn't classy in defeat as well. I've not heard it in, the, yeah, in no, a couple the, of weeks I, now, I thought so. he was fine. But, he um, actually came off really well after the both defeats. He yeah, I thought so as well. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he he really did, didn't he? He mentioned that we had seven first team players injured. I think he's shown in Berkey there because Berkey hadn't trained in two weeks. 
he needs a rest, but he's kind of playing through it, and he, he'll probably get a rest after the break. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah pretty much go. that's it. And I mean, if we're gonna, we don't really have to dissect it anymore. But we we sh- we should have won. We should have beat them. We didn't. That's how football is. We're not gonna be bitter about it. But it is. It does. It bothers me because we we really should have put them to the sword. And it's just one of those things where it swings and roundabouts. We got goals we shouldn't have. Longford, we were terrible. We shouldn't have won. The Pats goal. That was. I mean, I thought. Fair enough. We we could. It could have been a draw. But we got goals that we shouldn't have got. Really, in these late wins. And then we mm. got sucker punched here. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't dwell too much on it. And this kind of ties in with the Sligo game as well. We got a lot of those goals from the strength of our bench. Exactly, which we did not have in these two games of Dundalk and Sligo. And like uh, the once again the 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 fantastic Mick McCarthy says it's a fifteen man game, mm. and Mike O'Neill used to always say it was a fourteen man game with your three subs. Now it is; it's a fifteen man squad, and Mick has got a bang on as well. Your subs are just as important as your starting eleven. So I mean, that's it. We are struggling at the minute. If you go back to the start of the season, we were either well, Watts I think started nearly every game, didn't he? But we were either bringing on Watts or Mandroyu or Gaffney or Green. Mm. That was racking up points for us. It was, it really just was. Those changes. Fantastic players who can change games just like that, you know. But it's different now. But we'll move on, Prof. We'll move on to our Tifty's Hotline, part two. Yellow. What's up lads, Kane Hopkins here making his Tifties debut, I think. I don't think I've ever been on it before. Anyway, uh, my first 11 would be a 3-5-2 formation. we got Big Al in goal, uh, who else? Uh, Lopez, Hoare and Scales at the back. The wingbacks, Kavanagh and Finner. Watts, O'Neill and Mandrew in the middle. And then we'd have Burke and Gaffney up top. I just personally think that'd be the best. Uh Gary Twig and Desi Baker would probably do the best partnership I've ever seen. Strike partnership. Um yeah, I don't I don't think many come close from from what I've seen anyway. Obviously I know there's older Rovers fans who've seen a lot more strike partnerships than I have. But yeah, Gary Twig and Desi Baker would probably probably be the best. My favourite away trip would be Derry Away. Just purely because it takes up the entire day. Like the day from when you wake up to when you go to sleep is just consumed by Rovers. You spend like Pretty much every waking minute with Rovers fans, this is the ideal day, uh, especially when we win. And uh, yeah, the the other away days, obviously they're all great, but uh, you know they're they like some of them just take up half the day because it's not as far. Whereas Derry, it's like the whole day is just taken up by Rovers, which is great. The Watch League of Ireland, uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, it was slightly disappointing considering I want to work in media, so I know it is easy enough to add replays and stuff. So it's kind of half arsed at some points. Also, some uh, some of the streams, the resolution was just terrible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just take what we can get for now. Uh, I do watch watch League of Ireland with my dad, um, my brother, sister, and my ma. And uh, yeah, I, I don't drink, so I'd probably just be drinking water. Um, yeah, I know, kind of kind of disappointing. Uh, what's pissing me off? The leave insert. That shit is so annoying currently. It's just taking up my whole day. I can't do anything that's actually fun. Um, even with the predicted grades, they're just throwing tests on us. Uh, but yeah, I, I could rant about that for the, the entire day, so I'll, I'll stop. And uh, Tifties in memoriam. 
there's none really that spring to mind. Um, I don't think I've no. I don't think I've been that close with any of the Rovers fans who've passed away. So uh, yeah, none that really spring to mind. Anyway, thanks, lads. Uh, have a good day. How's it going, lads? Uh, Sean Cooker. Thanks very much for having me on. For the starting eleven, I'd go with Manus and Goal, Gannon, Pico, Scales, Hor, and Cavo. Watts, Gary O'Neill, Mandrew, Burke, and Aaron Green up front. Uh, probably be a different story now when Richie Hell comes, but I, I won't even try and fit him into that team at the moment. Um, the best strike partnership, I think it's very hard to see past Gary Twig and Desi Baker. They just kind of had this understanding of like, they just, it was nearly telepathic. They knew where the other one was going to be, and it just always let the goals. Favourite away day. Um, I always liked Galway. Galway's always a great trip. Uh, Turner's Cross as well as an, another one I like, but favourite one every season would probably be in Chicar. I think there's just always a great atmosphere there, and even though, depending on where you're standing, you probably have a shy view of the pitch, it's uh, it's always a good trip. Um, the Watch LOI, I think it's been good. Uh, the only kind of downfalls have been no replays. Siobhan Madigan as well has been just fucking horrendous to be honest but uh, I think there's talks of something new coming in that has replays and hopefully now Siobhan Madigan so uh, happy days in terms of that um, where I watch the matches I watch it in my dad's bar down the shed watch it with himself and my brother Keen whenever he's there uh, drinking pints of Heineken straight from the kegs <laughs> and who I'd be talking to during the match I'd be talking to a few of the lads that I go to the games with so Anto Smith Rory Ledden Steve Stokes and then I work with Matt O'Dowd so I'd be chatting to him nearly every day and then I'd be texting him and, and whatever during the matches as well um, the things that have been whatever's been pissing me off it's not really it's a it's a hard one to say to, that's pissing me off but more frustrated uh, I have a baby on the way so my girlfriend is pregnant and we're waiting to find out the gender of the baby, so that's frustrating me at the moment because I'm dying to find out. And uh, yeah, it'll be a, a fifth generation hoop, so dying to find out whether it's a boy or a girl. Uh, the in memoriam, I think it'd be good to get it done on Alex Ryan next. I didn't personally know him, but I just think there's a lot of people out there that did know him, and everyone only has really nice things to say about him and it'd be great to get some of his mates on there and people that know him to tell their stories of him and, and just to pay tributes to him. So yeah, thanks very much lads. Hi guys, thanks for having us on. It's Emma Donoghue, second cousin to the famous Paul and Dennis Donoghue mentioned in last week's show. Uh, first question, best team if everyone's fit. Manus, Scales, Pico, Grace, Hor, Kavanagh. Mandroyu, Finn, Watts, O'Neill and Green. Um, the first player I saw playing up front was Stephen Gagan in the RDS. But I think the best partnership has to be Baker and Twig. Purely for the amount of goals that they've scored uh, over the years. Um, my favourite away day is Sligo. Well... I like to go to Sligo because we normally have a little stay over because it's on a Saturday. But I think the Bowes game away for the atmosphere, the whole build-up, just the nerves, anticipation, excitement throughout the day, I think Bowes kind of tips it in that one. 
Um, with regards to watch LOI, um, it's been great. It's great to have to be able to see the games rather than not. Uh, that's a bit of a pain that you can't get a replay. Um, I know you can pull back the toggle back the thing, but you can't see a replay. Um, we I go come home. Uh, watch the match probably about quarter to six if we're not on at quarter to six and then uh, we'll watch our game later on um, with a nice call can of Bulmers. Um we have a whatsapp group going with a few of the girls and Paul O'Connell he's an honorary member um, Veronica, Sabrina, Kim Marie, Claire and Emma uh, we will have things going on throughout the day texts going back and forth and uh, throughout the game which is not good when somebody's internet feed is faster than yours and they post about the goal before you see it. Happens quite often actually. Uh, what's pissing me off at the moment is the weather. Sitting here looking out at the rain for the last two days. Um, but hopefully next week that gets better. Um, hoops that we lost that we'd like a memoriam for. Obviously the most obvious one is Big Deck which will obviously happen. At some stage, it's going to be a tough one. Um, glad I got to see him at the Sligo game before lockdown. Um, another one might be Jack Wilson. Um, his mother brought my dad to Milltown when he was a little boy, so that's where the whole Rovers love and the family began, I suppose. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that could write, uh, say a lot of stuff about him. And that's all. Thanks very much. KOH. Hi lads, uh, Mick McCarthy here, uh, sometimes known as the Senator, uh, but I'd settle for Mick or the Senator. Other people call me other names as well, but uh, I'll settle for this. Uh, I'm doing this just after uh, our defeat uh, by uh, Dundalk and uh, not feeling great. But anyway, listen, uh, thanks to the lads for the fantastic uh, records come to an end now and it's gone into our history books. And uh, I'd like to congratulate Stephen and all the players that was involved in it for giving us great nights on that 33 game undefeated. And uh, thanks. And you all should be very proud of yourselves uh, in the history books of Shamrock Rovers. Uh, now, picking up the team, I'm not going to, you probably won't like this and you'll say, uh, I'm dodging the question, but uh, no, I'm not dodging the question. I'm going to say football now is uh, it's a 15-man game. Uh, 15 players are the team now, and uh, the first 11 that start, they're uh, picked by Stephen, and I'll, I'll run whatever team he picks. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm not qualified, and I would not know how to do it anyway, to what where to put players in what positions, left, right, mids, or whatever thing like that. And I think the 15 players that are there, on the bench are all capable of starting first team games and uh, I think that's Stephen's job and he, as you can see he's been doing a good job of it so I'll leave that to Stephen and uh, I think there's many good days to come from this team and they're all good players and all capable of well starting the match. Uh, now on the other thing uh, on the, the best two front players for Rovers ever well I've seen some great goal scorers Rovers been always uh, had great goal scorers. Mick Leach, he'd, he'd bang them in for fun. He'll tell you he didn't need any assists. He got them all himself. And uh, he paid me to say that, by the way. Uh, and Tony Cousins is another player that didn't have uh, anybody to assist him. And uh, he got some very important goals for Shamrock Rovers over his time and kept us up there when things weren't great. But uh, we have Desi and Twiggy. 
we've Campbell and Buckley. Uh, but the, the, the pair I'm going for is uh, Mick Bourne and Noel Larkin. These lads scored goals for fun, left, right, headers, shots, everything. And in my eyes, they were the best two that ever played up front for overs. And uh, well-deserving of uh, the, 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 me uh, nominating them. And uh, that's the first question, lads. The best away trip, lads, to me was, uh, without, without a shadow of a doubt, is uh, Bally Buffet. I always had a soft spot for uh, Finn Harps, and I always liked the club, everything about them. But uh, Friday night, up in uh, Jackson's, what a trip. Uh, all the lads there, everybody, after the game, back into Jackson's Hotel, uh, Bedlam, all the lads, uh, Tommy Cannon, Paul Conroy, Jason, the whack myself, what times we had. Bedlam in the disco afterwards and uh, with some great nights and uh, in the mornings, uh, Big Deck coming in maybe for his second breakfast, uh, wouldn't be even staying in the hotel. But they knew even that he didn't stay. He was well respected, God rest him, in the uh, Bally Buffet by the people there and they loved him. Uh, with some great crack with uh, the lads there. Uh, there was one one match there actually, I think it was a cup match we'd won anyway, but Ray Wilson and his family, Jack, God rest him, and all, they all came in and uh, Jack, Ray flew in from uh, Belfast, uh, into Belfast and came down, drove down and uh, Richie and all and Pat, we had a great night that night, up all night and we grew up the next morning, it was snowing and we had to head back to Dublin. But that was uh, some night up in uh, Finn Park. We always had great nights there at Jackson's Hotel. They were great times and uh, we had some great crack there. Uh, that's my best away trip, lads, and uh, that's it on uh, that that one. I watched uh, watch League of Ireland there. Uh, yeah, I would I would have went absolutely mad if there was no Watch League of Ireland. I thought it was a great uh, program. Uh, not greatly produced and uh, wasn't you know with no replays and all. It wasn't uh, the best, but I tell you, it stopped me from going mad and. Uh, with, at my age, not getting the games is very important uh, to have to watch the lads playing, you know, and uh, no more than it is for young people. Friday night was always a night out and go for a few points to the points after now. But I watched her at home on my own and uh, all the neighbours were warned not to knock on the door or uh, be looking for me and that, you know, during the match. And uh, they definitely knew Rovers were on because they could hear me roaring and, uh, and shouting especially near the end. And uh, no, I'd sit and watch it with a, a mug of tea and 38 chocolate biscuits, maybe. And uh, I'm not a house drinker, so I wouldn't have a drink. But uh, I thought the production wasn't great on it. The commentators, now it did start improving near the end with them bringing on guest uh, co-presenters. But uh, overall, I didn't think the commentators were very up to the date with the League of Ireland and uh, it looked like it was just the job they were doing and get her over and move on. But uh, no, only for it, I have to say, it was really, uh, it was really good. I, I, I would have I would have went mad. What annoyed me most under lockdown was, this is myself mad to some people, but Clareborne drove me absolute mental. Because I was listening to so much radio and not going out, and the lockdown really, the radio took over in my house. She was so biased towards the GAA, it was unbelievable. 
She she used to forget that she was a TV, a radio and TV presenter. She wasn't a sports presenter. And no matter who she'd be interviewing, she'd start on about the community and the GAA. And uh, would never, ever, couldn't couldn't understand it when uh, Jack Chambers didn't make the GAA an elite sport. Uh, loved them or hate them, you know what I mean? It, she was just unbelievably biased towards the GAA. And I have to say, in fairness to Jack Chambers, the minister, any time he was on, he, he, he took her up on it and mentioned League of Ireland. But she could not say League of Ireland. Uh, she went on and on to even people she was interviewing about politics, about the community in the GAA community and not being the lead to sport. Well, at the end of the day, you know, say what you like about uh, Marty Morrissey. Uh, is his job is he's the correspondent, the GAA correspondent for the uh, for RTE, and it's his job, and he he does a good job, and and he can talk on all day about it, and I couldn't care less. But that's his job. But Clareborn was bringing her in her own personal biased opinion on the GAA, and I thought it was unfairly wrong, really wrong. And I'd say it again, Jack Chambers really stood up to her and she didn't like it at times. You, you knew by her, but she was so biased towards the GAA. It was unbelievable. And uh, no, I did. She drove me mad and still actually still drive me mad. I can't even talk on the tribute to the, uh, the supporters that have passed on. God rest them. Uh, I think it was a fantastic idea. It really was. I, uh, it, the the ones he's have done so far it's been great and see most families don't know uh, what goes on on a Friday night up in Tala and uh, what we get up to and how we all join together as a family and it must be great for them to hear uh, yeah fans talking about their uh, loved ones and that have passed on and most of them too young uh, and that passed on and. Uh, to hear people saying nice thing about them and it's a good thing and the people the people i would like obviously is big deck who's an absolute legend and uh john conroy who would be a brother of uh, mick paul and jimmy's a great lad always great lad to have a chat with and watch a game besides you got some excitement out of him and he got some excitement out of Shamrock Rovers, and I think he could be remembered, you know. And uh, there was another lad there, uh, maybe go under the radar, but uh, Paddy Delahunt. Paddy was a great lad. He went from us two young altogether, a lovely lad, and uh, passed on about eight years ago, but be very well remembered by uh, Emma, Jer, Ian, and uh, Scott, and uh, Justin. They'd be all good friends of his. And I think uh, Paddy would be a nice lad. He'd done a lot for the club and uh, saw the programmes and all. And it'd be a good one to uh, think. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic idea that came up, came up with lads. And well done at that. Uh, just before I wrap her up, lads, I'd like to, if you would give me the opportunity to thank... Uh, thank a few people i have to say uh, lads i want to thank the lads from the podcast they give me great uh very listening during the week and it puts in a few hours and it's great to listen to now even though i think gary went a little bit over the top last week with uh speaking about his private parts and all that but listen that's gary for you uh, a little bit over the top and uh but one thing came out of it he'll always be known to me as baldy balls from now on and uh, he got a nickname out of her anyways. But uh, 
I'd also like to uh, thank Darren Glennon and Eddie McGrath and the, the lads from Port Leach for the uh, fantastic plaque they, they made for me. And uh, Darren presented to me up in the house. And I have to say uh, to Darren, it's, it's in pride and place in me home now. So uh, thanks to Darren and, and Eddie and all the lads in Port Leach for that. And uh, just before I finish up, lads, I'd like to... Uh, Wish Dave done a speedy recovery. Hope to see Dave back on the scene and uh, dangerous Dave, as he was known as. But Dave is uh, not well at the moment. And please, God, he'll be back up and running with us again. And uh, as he's one of the lads and we miss him badly. And uh, Dave, we're all rooting for you. And uh, please, God, you'll be back sitting with us in the points and up at the club. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to all the lads from the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Keep on open. So yeah, Tifty's hotline, and we have um, yeah. So Sean Cook, congratulations, Sean. You're gonna become a father soon. Yeah, um, a future hoop there. Another future hoop, fifth generation as well. And uh, I think that's uh, his debut as a granddad, isn't it, James? James Cook, as Cook as he says, Cooks and Books. Cook, Crips, package of Crips. Um, we got uh, Donahue cousins on the Tifty's hotline this week, here. The Donahue cousins. A lot of Donahue's this week, actually. Yeah, there's a lot. A few Paul, little connections that we Emma, know about as well. Eamon. Um, no relation to the Longford fella, I don't believe. But uh, Emma says that when she's texting in the WhatsApp group, some people spoil the goals. That never happens in ours, is it? Idiots. That would never happen. Uh, there's who, rules in place. No, no. Who did it? Fulham did it for me. Dan Fulham <laughs> did it for me. So he's dead. He's dead for me. Yeah, Mick McCarthy giving you all sorts of grief there. Ah, yeah, baldy bald Parsons. Uh, Mick's a great guy. A lot, a lot of time from. I'll, I'll tone it down, Mick. I'll tone it down. I'll, I'll just. I'll send. I won't put it out there. I'll just send you private messages. Well, obviously, he. Uh, we set him up there to slag Longford with the three words, but uh, it sounds like he's ready to add Claire Byrne to list the hatred. Oh, not, that was brilliant. That, not, that not was just Longford. That was a great observation as well. It is because she was, she she's she did my head in as well. So that was a great show for Mick. There you go. I'm just hoping Mick doesn't lose his remotes anytime soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so some fantastic suggestions for In Memoriam as well. And uh, yeah. we'll get to them eventually. Don't I, worry. I, was, uh, I kept writing them down as people called them out. And uh, there's about a dozen names there, wasn't Very, it? very tough to pick, isn't it? But we'll get them all eventually. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the people called out there were def- definitely ones I had in mind. And ones that we've been thinking about, you know, who to ask, who are friends. Who Rennie are as well. Rennie was a so, big one. Rennie was yeah. like a pioneer for SRFC TV as well. So, so yeah, keep an ear over them. Some of those people will definitely be featured in the show in the coming months. Right. So we'll move on to uh, the one that lost to Sligo at home on Monday. Same, 11 McCann back on the bench. Uh, let's bring up the topic of team selection. Should we have played the same 11? Were we leggy? We were definitely leggy. Definitely leggy. And we were is lethargic. This, I think Bradzer used that word. Is this where we criticise Bradzer? We say that he got the team selection wrong. Personally, I think he probably did. I who, think, who on his bench should he have played then? Um, Aside from McCann, I suppose. I, I mean... Was McCann fit enough to start that match? That's the thing. Are you looking at that? And what subs did we make? And who came on? And who could have played? And... Is that is that the question? Do you criticise Bradza for keeping the same team? But say he starts Dino instead of Berkey there. Yeah. And then we have a shite first half. He's gonna get criticised for that then. Yeah, well we are we are horrible fuckers when it comes to this <laughs> like with fat Robert fans we can be extremely fickle. But that's just a question that has to be raised. Um do I think he 
Maybe we were saddled with that decision to play the same it's, team it's again. It's a fair question. Were we saddled with the same decision to play them, play them again? Like I mean, were we saddled with that? System? I keep saying saddled. <laughs> do we? Do we have to play that same team? Like I mean, who do we have on the bench and who do we bring on? We brought on Dino, didn't we? I just don't think he had much room for for, for switching it up. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But if that's the case, like I mean, these guys that they have it goes back to the discussion I had with this Pats fan. Are like are these guys? When are they ready? Like aren't they? Aren't these young players here for crises like this as well mm. to fill in? And because they're capable, and we think they will be capable. And wouldn't it be nice if we had a B team who have been in action for twelve games now? Exactly. Playing competitive football, fresh. Exactly what I'm saying. And then again, you'll come back. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention the people talk about Brandon Kavanagh. Told you you should have kept them. <laughs> That's not even an issue. But what we're we're saying is that. Like, why not use these young lads? And, like, if they're, we're getting all sorts of rave reviews about them, if they're not ready, like, when when do when are they ready? You know what I mean? It's a hard one to know. It's Even Brazier said himself, you don't know until you, you Launch them, them in. That's it. And I think, is that a decision he could have made? Where we've had leggy players, right? Surely, let's say, I don't know. Let's say Bork. Let's say, not even Dean Williams. Let's say he played a Maku instead of Bork. Little mm. nippy winger. Played him for 60 minutes. You're going to, like, against Sligo, fair enough, it's a big, big decision. If you think he's ready, throw him in. And then you've got Bork for half an hour who can run around and he's a little bit fresher. You know, that's the decision he went against. But you, do you drop Bork in the top of the table clash against Sligo yeah. at home and put on a Maku, even though Bork's carrying an injury? Do you know what I mean? Like, those those are all the decisions that we never have to make and he is burdened with. It's a, it is a burden. But it is, once again, it is a, it is a decision that we have to talk about. You know it's costly as well, the horse suspension, because Lee Grace has he's been shaky the last yeah. two or three games. Definitely has. And yeah. Hor would have played instead of Grace in that match. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's these little things are turning things against our favour. Yeah, definitely agree with you. And but in saying that, like the starting eleven was a good eleven. Yeah. Like you can't like we we were terrible. That's all. We just didn't play well at all. We never got going. When's the last time we didn't have a shot on target, prof? Tell me that. Oh, it's yeah, that's a stat you find it very, very hard to come across. No excuse. But that is no excuse for no shots on goal. This team in particular, there's no excuses for it, and that was a really, really poor performance. We were absolutely dort. When's the last time we said this? We can call out our chances right now in one sentence. Go. Danny Mandroyu had a deflected shot in the first half. Yeah, any other day that goes in as well, you know. And in, in ten minutes to go, Berkey curled one wide. I mean that's it really isn't it that's it and we created nothing we were just so the lack of creativity was so frustrating to watch and you can't even say that they stifled us or played well they took a chance and that was it and then we'll talk about that in a while the offside but they took they had one chance and it was a great finish in fairness and they took it mm. but they weren't brilliant like they weren't great people got gone mad about Greg Bulger in the middle of the park he was stuffed and he made a couple of decent passes that was it and we made him look like he was a magician. It wasn't. It was a bad day. The obvious. We were rubbish. They weren't much better, and they took one chance that they got. They took their one chance. Yeah. Mm, simple. But but before yeah, the game. Before the game. Yeah, we got the news. Danny Mandroyu called up. So great news for Danny. And congratulations. Andorra and hungry games. The tour in the eighth of June. He's going to play. Hopefully, get a couple of caps. And uh, yeah, really came, good to see. Came out of left field, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a little bit. But he is like obviously Kenny knows him. Was really popular mm. with him in the in the twenty ones, and he knows he's okay. So Kenny's looking at his progression, thinking he's gone from Bowles, 
bit of adversity there. Went to Rovers, playing well for Rovers, and now he's he's saying, okay, he's made a step up. He's progressed in his career with his ability. So not that he hasn't been excellent this season, he has. So I mean, it's it's deserved. I mean, yeah, definitely. Agree. We certainly think so. Plus the mid-season break, it, it's good timing with that. He hasn't called up McAniff. So maybe thinking now this is the time to call up a League of Ireland player. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and from our from the close point of view, four different players now have been called up uh, at Rovers in three years under this management team. The the midfield maestros, the the transformation of midfielders continues with Bradzer. Yeah. Um. So we had Mick Byrne on commentary for our game, and for the five forty five kickoff for the Bowes game. Your ears were treated to Siobhan Madigan and Paddy Cavada. So it's Siobhan. It's like, Siobhan, <laughs> Paddy, welcome. And Paddy, yeah, he has this kind of voice like this. And he sounds like he's eating a hot dog as well. <laughs> Name um, me did, a worse duo. I'll wait. You've just got diarrhea coming at you from all sides. Verbal diarrhea. Um, just two words, four words that shouldn't be in the same sentence together. I think the thing is as well I watched I watched the first half of Bowes and the dog and I thought right that's done 3-0 over I'm not listening to them anymore <laughs> so I went over the Pats so I watched Pats but that's the staggered kickoffs are great because you can watch the teams like you can watch them how they play and then you're on to your own game accord to 8 and it's a good like few hours of football it's deadly but yeah when we went to Joey Prof we lost Joey and this totally unsettled us 7 minutes he went down and he took a knock and Joey losing Joey O'Brien is never good but he's been playing. He's patched together with Celotape as well. He's been playing under injury. Bork's been playing with an injury. Watts was playing with an injury. Green are playing with an injury. Like these players were all playing with underlying conditions. You know what I mean? Well, from a defensive point of view, here's I mentioned uh, we were missing horror there. Here's another thing. Uh, Max Murphy has to come on in this game, right? A right-sided player. Yeah. He has to come on for left wing back. In that first half, a lot of our play actually went on the left side and Max uh, looks like a decent player mm. I I hope he, he looks like a good prospect for hours but at the moment doesn't seem to have the confidence to take on the fullback and push forward and deliver that final ball especially with his weaker foot as well mm. so every time we did get the ball out on the right side which says a lot about our team selection at the minute we, we had to put a right sided player on the left or what was it? Left sided player on the right sided player on the left, wasn't it? And so he's cutting in on his right foot every time. So he's getting mm. the ball on the left, and he's cutting in, and that that kills your momentum. Yeah. And then he's going back to maybe the full back or the centre half, and then it's just the momentum is gone, and we start again, and then they regroup, and then it just doesn't work. That's why ultimately he got taken off. Second half, we actually went used Gannon a lot more. Funny enough, Gannon and Berkey did link up well a few times after me saying they never do. But uh, Scales yeah. getting booked as well, Prof. Yeah, this is one of those challenges where everyone in the West End just like, it's one of those where you go like, yeah, great challenge. And we all applauded. And then our jaws dropped as the ref blew the whistle. And then they dropped even further when he brought out the yellow card. Never yellow. We were just, What? But there was just so like, it was one of the most uninspiring first halves I've ever seen us play. We've been we're so poor, but they weren't up for it either. So, I think the word is tempo. That's what we need to talk about, isn't it? Because 
we never got the right tempo. And it's just all coming back to all the games piling up the fixtures and all the lists and the fatigue. I think it all it was an accumulation of all those things that came together, and we just we didn't perform on the on the day. And I think they were just knackered mostly, maybe mentally, physically, but it just didn't work for us. Went in a half time. We, we got a bit better actually towards the end of the first half. But I, I just wanted it to end. And I then, just wanted the first half to end. Yeah. Dort. And then we actually made a bright start to the second half. Which we we tend to do, don't we? Yeah. Green had half a chance early on, I think. If you want to throw in that, that to the Mandrayu and Burke ones I mentioned. Um, and then Sligo hit us with the goal in 55 yeah, minutes. Yeah, um, good pass. True ball in. Um, Scales tried to step out very late. It, it, he looked offside. He did look offside, but there was no discussion on that on any podcast. Collie's call, LOI Central, LOI Arena. And they, nobody discussed. Did you, did you watch it back? Like, Is it possible to judge? Like, Can you see where Scales is in line? It looked like Scales was peeling off. It looked like Scales was stepping out just as the ball was struck. So they're both going mm. in separate directions. Scales is attempting to run to the left. Park to the right to go on the true ball to catch onto it. It looks blatantly off in just as the ball leaves his foot. But the angle is not once again, the angle is not good enough because yeah. the product isn't good enough and watch LOI only has one camera. But that's that's what it is. But it wouldn't have been like he allowed the goal. It's not as if we have Vira and like that. It swings around belts once again. But it was a good finish from him. Um I thought to myself, right, he's closing them down, but he had all the time in the world. This is what we're talking about when I go back to being true on goal. This is happening far too often. With with our team, is that we're being let, like mm. these teams are true on goal one on one. From a are we too high? Is our is our defensive line too high? Or are we missing Joey's organization? You know, there's a there's a lot to talk about there. Been exposed a few times. I mean, at this point now we've conceded ten goals, three more than all of last season. Like that's 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 a crazy stat. Like, I mean, yeah, we didn't score in this game, but I haven't been worried at all about our goal scored column. Creatively, it wasn't it wasn't there in this game. We pushed for an equaliser. I, I even hesitate to use the word pushed. It was wasn't much urgency, was there? We didn't push. We like like you said, we didn't create any chances at all. Like name the mm. chance, like the Borgi shot. Mm. That's pretty much it. Other than that, there was just nothing. And it was one of those things where you're watching the game, the build up of all the attacks and you just know nothing's going to happen and then when it breaks down you're just throwing the it'll like throwing the controller the remote and you're going fuck Oh you off. found it now did you? Found it at this stage yeah. but maybe that's the reason I'm losing because I'm hopping it off walls watching Rovers lately. And your children. Yeah and the children. <laughs> so um, like you're screaming and it's mm. it's one of those where you just goes fuck off Rovers like it just gets so frustrating when you can't make any chances or any sort of creativity. But we've been scoring plenty. Like before, what's the injury? He was scoring. Mandroya was scoring. Berkey. I wasn't worried at all. No, I, w- I wasn't. And do you know what? I just do you know what I thought to myself at the end of it. I just thought this was coming. I mean, this we had this coming. All the late wins, all the jammy goals, some of the jammy goals. Like it was coming, and eventually it had to happen. Yeah. Just that it's back to back. It just back to back really killer, hurt. Yeah, it, it was really a stinger. Hurt. But we've got a, we've got a lot of we have a lot of injuries. We, there's a lot of things, but we're not making excuses. We, we were terrible against Lyo, so that put them top. And of course, the hysteria on Rovers chat afterwards, Prof. It was uh, I don't really read it anymore. To be honest, I pick and choose, and I'll dip yeah. in every so often. It can be toxic. Plus, people are putting it in like green and white sparrow out the back garden. There, oh, you must be a hoop. No, just stop putting up shit. Make sure your <laughs> treads are relevant. 
please. No more sparrows. No more fucking green and white turtles or whatever you have in your house. No one cares. Let's put some relevant threads and have a good discuss- a conversation. I think we should delete that chat and go back to the forum. Here, here. The forum was brilliant. And all anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. Bring back my post. Bring back my post. Bring back Northside Hoopaholic. Bring back fucking Alabama Rover. Bring back Ankira. Bring back all those cool posters. My post would be having a ball. My post, yeah. But yeah, I'm the same. I just kind of skim it. And from what I saw, it was cringy. But all, like these random, like it's, I think a thread is for discussion, not an observation. I think a lot of people put up a comment and think it's like Twitter or something like that. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, here's a comment. No, let's put up a thread where we're going to discuss, not just a random observation that has no merit to any discussion on it. Whatever. You know what I mean? There's no way of discussing what you just said. I hate these very broad postmortems, like just because we've lost a match, <laughs> like this is the worst league in 15 years. Like what? What is that? Get just get off your fucking high horse, man. Seriously, just le- uh, these things happen. Have have some sort of sense, common sense. Like, no one's entitled to any wins or anything like that. We lost two games in a row. What happens? We were poor. We didn't. Des- we we deserve to win on dock. Didn't deserve anything else, Ligo. We regroup and we try and fucking see what the problem was. Don't say was. we go again. No, come on, <laughs> I, I just stop myself there. We regroup and we try and go and beat the dock or Longford, who are gonna. I guarantee it, it's gonna be the worst. The most defensive display of football you would ever see from from any team up there, I guarantee it. Could be Roddy Collins, Monaghan, marking fullbacks. fullbacks. Remember that? Um, yeah. So we no shots and goal either, Prof. They had two shots and goal. We'd none. And yeah, we were tootless. Tootless is, is exactly what it was. Um, no shots on goal from this Rovers team is a very very hard thing to imagine. I heard. Uh, I heard old Trevor Crowdy being mentioned. Uh, Dad, you know what? When that meant when that got mentioned. It just went ding. I was like, that was Crawley Ball. It's never a good sign when you're reminded of Crawley Ball. No, that was. You in particular and Tommy Tommy as well. Two fellas who absolutely despised that style of football. Because it was like that. We remember it so vividly. So when I see even hints of it, mm. it just it floods back. When it happened, I, I, I start kind of, you know when you're, you're getting a panic attack and spreadsheets. <laughs> I start seeing spreadsheets in the, in, all over the room. Um, no, it wasn't. It was. It was just terrible. But once again, McCann was the only experienced first team player we could have brought on. And did he affect the game too much when he came on? I wouldn't say so. He didn't do much. He didn't affect it really. So I think he's. I think we'll now we'll say that the, the McCann. I mean, even a, even a quarter full Tala. We'll talk about the government restrictions later. Even a quarter full Tala with some good subs there. You might equalise. Yeah, definitely agree. And we'll move on to the Richie Tell debate as well now, Prof. If you're going to play Richie Tell in this team, fully fit, a fully fit like team, where, where do you put him in? I put him in beside Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill and Richie Tell, put him in the McInef role. Mm. He can do it all. He can tackle, he can score, he can do whatever like McInef. He's got energy for days. That's where he plays for me. And then you have it, Andrew, Bork and Green or Gaffney, whatever way it works. I, I have him in beside Gary O'Neill. Two of them play together and see how they get on. That's what I do. Has he been playing a Gary O'Neill role? Because he's been playing in front of the back four for Salford, isn't he? He's been, yeah, he's been defensive again, mid. Is is live scores anything to go, boy? I mean, that's where that's the only place you know, I'd have to read the forums and their match reports to see where he's been playing. But he's yeah. been in the ten a few times. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't take that for as, as gospel. Where he's actually starting position I think he's is. been mostly uh, playing as a six. And it's funny, it makes me laugh when people compare his goal stats between Dundalk and Salford. I mean, just stop wasting my time. 
playing completely different positions. Yeah. He's not going to score 25 goals from that position. Exactly, yeah. But is Brad is Brad Bradley going to bring him in as a six? It's an interesting one. I'd say Bradley knows where he wants to slot him in. Bradley knows where he wants Richie Tell to play. I mean, if you don't know, as a manager, if you acquire Richie Tell and you don't know where he fits in in your plans, you don't deserve him. Bradley knows where he's going to put him. Well, I was really liking O'Neill and Watts together before yeah, the injury. I know, that's it. That's the thing which you're dealing with, though, you know. That's, the, that's mm. the, the current conundrum that he has laid at his door, so... So, uh, Stephen Kenny was, was at this game there to watch his new call-up, Danny Mondrayu, and some quotes came out there just today, I think, talking about Danny. Uh, Stephen Kenny said, This year at Shamrock Rovers, when I've gone to watch him, he has looked a step up. He's matured as a man and got himself in good physical condition. A lot of players like that, passers, don't always have speed. He's not just a link player. He has the speed and power to run beyond people. So he's impressed by Danny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I said, that's what probably that's what we said earlier on. We said that he could have seen his progression, and he has he has progressed big time. So maybe that's what he was waiting for. But um, the first win, Prof and Sligo, Sligo's first win in Tallis since 2013. Yep. And let me guess, that was the team that was just after they won the league 2012, wasn't it? It was the last day of 2013. I think we had like a long shot of getting Europe in this game. Who got the winners that day? They beat us. Pretty sure Danny North scored Danny actually. Fucking no. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the motto of the day is Bradzer says relax. Or Tifty say relax. There's no big issue here. I mean, it's a long season. We lost two games. I wouldn't worry about it too much. We have a good squad there. The break mm-hmm. is coming at the right time. Let's get through this Dundalk game. Let's get the three points. I don't the, care how we get them. The injuries have been costly. And uh, someone made a good point on uh, in the WhatsApp group. That was a tough run of games we had. Again, all against teams who that raised their games yes, against exactly. us. People aren't actually thinking about the run of games that we had. Like Dundalk and Sligo back to back is tough no matter what because they always raise their game exactly what you were saying. They always do. Yeah. But a lot of people raise their games. Pats raise their games. Sligo, everybody. Bowes, everybody ups their game against Rovers and we know this. That was a tough run of derbies and imaginary rivalries. We imaginary had rivalries, yeah. So keep my Vanny Prof, one of the original ultras and contributor to Joe the Hoops Memorial, he said to everybody losing their mind because we have lost two games. Calm down. I want to say thanks, Rovers. Part of my family during this whole lockdown, Rovers have been a beacon of joy and happiness. Every week, Bradzer and his team turned up every week in capitals. They never let us down. Keep on hooping. And he's dead right. So perspective is needed. Like take a step back, right? Stopping little fucking spoiled brats and just realise we've played badly, we lose, that's what happens. Now let's go on. Um we go Go regroup. <laughs> we go regroup. <laughs> but it's it happens, it's football. Get like get off the high horse as fans. Don't start thinking you deserve to win games and things like people play badly. We've had it we've had we've been spoiled for years now. We play badly, we group, we regroup and we try and be long for it. It's simple. But the other results, prof. Pats 2-1 with Bowes uh, 2 injury time Penos um, Yeah Bowes stung by yet another late goal Yeah it's great That love was uh, Robbie Benson penal Things you love to see uh, Sligo 2 Longford 0 Watford 0 Derry 1 We've Harps 0 And draw it a 1 With another late one as well And a massy Pile driver In off the bar um, Monday as well Bowes 5 Dundalk 1 With Georgie Kelly Hattrick uh, Abibi was poor again 
Georgie Kelly, he doesn't do much for me to be honest, but he got a hat trick. He took it well, took his hat trick, his hat trick well. Uh, Tyreek Wilson, keep him warm, keep him warm, Longy. Uh, he had a great of, game, but he, he was on, on sent off from fairly, I thought. Four of uh, Keddie's goals have been against his old club. Mm. Uh, 32, Pats 2, with uh, two go- so a four goal thriller up in the Brandywell. And Waterford going down 2 1 to Harps with uh, Adam Foley, as the Harps Twitter put it on. Uh, putting the afterburners on and he was gone the winning goal was brilliant very very like Mandrew's goal and Pats watch it very very similar he just put yeah. the afterburners on and a uh, similar finish Drog- he's, not, he's not falling away is he no he's not like I just thought he was going to be top scorer just for the first few weeks do you know who I mean, reminds me of I know it's not the same league but remember your man from Everton scored loads start of the season and then just stopped scoring Dominic Calvert-Lewin he scored like 8 or 9 goals in a couple of first games and that was it yeah. that was the end of him but uh, draw the four, Longford won as well, and uh, Jordan Adeyemo with two goals. That's three and two for him now. He's a taller lad. Um, his brother actually played. Jesus, his brother played for I think it was Bowes, and he played played all over the world, Norway and, and Sweden and everything. So uh, yeah, so it's draw the on fire. <laughs> Have you looked at the the top goal scorers list in the in the, yeah, in the table? Yeah, it's draw had a twenty six, and the next highest is us on twenty. Waterford doesn't count. And they've scored 15, 15 of those 26 goals have been against Waterford and Longford. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't count. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody's been knocked out of Tifty's last man standing in the last two weeks and it's a case of copycat central. People are waiting for each other to pick their teams, I reckon. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for the elder statesman to pick. I, um, forgot, I forgot to say last week, David Hurdy, thank you so much. Uh, Galway striker. 95th minute winner against Wexford never in doubt as you say Prof never yeah. in doubt um, this week I'm being a bit adventurous here I'm going Derry to win away to Drogheda and listen it's rubbing off and you all this confidence I have in them is rubbing off and you Prof I'm going for I was going Cabo but then I just saw you scared me off Cabo I don't yeah I, I think I think Wexford Wexford are going to take points off someone eventually so this is yeah. the tour game possibly under Ian Ryan they're going to start... Like He's got first thing he'll do if he has any sense. He'll get in there and he'll say, right, let's get tight at the back. Let's make sure that we're not conceding six and seven like we always were and they've stopped doing that. So now they're working on the back four, making sure they don't get hammered every week. Gradual progress. And I think they're going to... I think they're going to nick a draw here. There's a nil-nil coming. I'm telling you, there's something coming there. Um, I'm going for Bowles. I think, I think it's just a smart move. I mean, Bowles against Waterford. Has to be. I actually think Waterford are going to nick a result. But you're right there as well. They're doing the same thing. They have a new manager as well. Under a new gaffer, they're starting to get tight at the back and things like that. So, maybe so, but I think because balls have a bit of momentum, I'm going to go yeah. with them. I'm always wary of new new managers. Yeah, well, he's a fucking geyser, eh? <laughs> I think every time I hear him, all I hear is, Well, you fucking, you, oh, you, mag, you, fucking, fuck you. That's all I can hear. That's the Canadian international. That's all I can hear whenever I hear him. <laughs> oh, a geyser, whoa. I'm trying to think of stereotypes here London stereotypes <laughs> he's a proper geezer he? he's the only here's a stat he's the only Canadian international who's never in the country to play for him yeah what I, about I, that I listened to the first 20 minutes of it but I haven't got through I heard him say that though yeah that was mental that's a stat um, it reminds me what was that skit where they do I think it was a soccer AM skit where you had a London fella who just doesn't say anything but they just keep they lash on the accent do you think I, I can't remember I'll, I'll come back to me Um, yeah so um. 
yeah so that's it nobody's fallen and uh, we'll let you know when we're getting a new one going as well because this has been a bit of crack and we'll get, we want to raise the pot again right. and the golden goal as well if you want to get in touch with the golden goal get in touch on Instagram it's up at nearly 200 quid every game so uh, and there's little spot prizes this week we have the official snooze provider scruff snooze and they are the, providing us with a bit of snooze for the winner as well so a few quid and some snooze if you're in Sweden or Stockholm or any of our way trips it's always popular with the fans that we end up meeting up with little pockets of tobacco you put in your gum while you have a point um, yeah and of course the big news is our own Nazi Nazi our own Nazi Nate is on the Friday I'm in Louis podcast this week and it's a great listen check it out oh it's brilliant he's, he's typical typical Nate absolutely brilliant and it it's just inspiring, like for anyone in particular. What the lads made a made a point about is if you're lonely, if you're lonely, take a wander up to the game. You'd never never know what's going to happen. Look, I guarantee you, in a million years, you would never have thought this was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like the the current social status that he has. You know what I mean? It's it's a like it's it is. It's I, I like how they simplified it to that. Just a bloke being lonely. Like when we think about how to pitch the League of Ireland, we're mm. always like. Well, what if they look down on it? What if they support my United yeah. in Liverpool? What if they like watching on TV? That was just literally a bloke hearing a cheers in the stadium thinking, maybe I can hang I, out with these guys. I need some fucking mates. That's yeah. what it was. And it fucking happened. And it's, it went, I still remember the first time I met him in, in Boleslav. <coughs> fucking saw him beating down him and Gar Brennan. I won't tell you. I won't tell you the rest. But it was. Um, I know he's told us before, but it was still mental that his first away game was was Love. I know. How many Rovers fans can say that? Absolutely brilliant. But um, his answer to to Dale as to why he should fight Rovers that that was that was a great answer. Superb. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of one of the best Aussie Nate. So other podcasts as well. Well, I just wanted to say actually, uh, very good show this week. Um, I must confess, lads, I I, uh, I I missed the last few, but I'm back in now. And uh, no, I was laughing through. They, at the start of the show, they were talking about uh, Dale getting injured at foot golf. Oh man, you can. Yeah. Those balls are fucking rock hard that they use. But he came out with bruised ribs. Oh, I, how did you bruise your ribs playing foot golf? He was celebrating. He ran, he ran into the dirt. But uh, that's one way of doing it, already. Actually, this show uh, Friday I'm alive. It's probably the closest to ours in style. In some ways. Right, well, here it is. The official invite, prof. Our yeah. first bus back. The two boys are invited on. And we'll show them a proper away day. Oh, 100%. As, as Nate said, as Nate kept saying, away days are where it's at. And the Tifties bus has invited the two boys on. So you're welcome to come on. And we'll show you what the real, what real away days are like. The crack. Yeah. No, thanks, lads. I was in work today. In the absolute horrors I was. And yeah, I was like, prof had to do a bit. So he was in the horrors. I was like, for fuck's sake. I need something to calm him down right now <laughs> and I stuck him on I was quite happy he did suggestions of bias gear on their show that James Lowe gave Tifties 10 out of 10 not a chance in the official Shamrock Rovers programme but only gave them 7 out of 10 should be lucky though. The 7's a nice score 7's a yeah. solid one it's a sh- new boys in the block you know yeah, I mean? that's 7 it's a good score uh, yeah so that is the lads and once again we extend the, the olive branch and you're welcome on our bus at any time but the other podcast, probably with a few ex-pros talking shite. Alan Kane on the final uh, whistle of League of Ireland. I think he, I think he, ca- I think he clawed this one back. I think he apologised. Did he? I saw. I was, I was keeping an eye on the Twitter feed, but uh, he's still fucking alien head. <laughs> Massive moon head. You're Irish nemesis. Big baldy bonce. What a huge head! I don't think I've hated a player <laughs> much as him. Keith uh, Ward is up there. Buckley is up there. 
but his massive alien head. Do you remember Sin City? <laughs> remember Sin City and the yellow guy? Uh, the your man who made Three Hundred. I can't remember the name of the guy who made it, but there was a film called Sin City, and there was a fella who was yellow. It was like a creature, and he's the exact same shaped head as him. We'll get him up. Your hatred of him seems to be based around the head. It does. It's based around that. I think. Yeah. So first it's a bit had, like Squidward as well, actually, from Spongebob. So first we had Throwing Gate, and then we had Scoreboard Gate. Because even though Sligo's name was up on the scoreboard for the whole first half, the suggestions that we kept it off the game, off the board for the whole match, out of spite or something. Well, how is that going to spite people? Like, I mean, it's not, it's not in the MO of the volunteers that we have at the club. They're not like that. They wouldn't be allowed to be like that. And if they were caught being unprofessional like that and doing something as petty, they'd be fucked out. That is the, that's plain and simple how it is. Well, we have a little media team uh, WhatsApp group and we brought this up. And the viewers were like, does anyone even know how to do that? The scoreboard. Blank it out. It's like, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, would you not just assume it's a malfunction? But everyone just assumed it was... The worst. They assume the uh, worst. The piss take. Yeah, that's it. It's rovers. They must be. It's the scum. It's mm. the. It's this. It's that. You know. They must be taking the piss. Obviously. Mm. And you know, and they just to kind of piggyback this. Then, Stigo fans brought up us not giving them a guard of honor in 2012. And I must give another shout out to Dale from Friday. I'm alive because so a Stigo fan sent him in a question about that. Us not giving them a guard of honor. And he rubbished it, saying Guard of Honours are bollocks. They are bollocks. We don't have to give you a Guard of Honour. There's nothing... It's a, it's, a, it's what teams decide as as a team. Fuck you, I'm not giving you a Guard of Honour if I don't want it. Simple. Why should I? Same I don't, we don't like you as a team. Why would we respect you if you win the league? Fair enough, you won the league, no problem. No, I'll just give you a Guard of Honour. Simple. It's a decision as a team, and I'd say, I'd say it's left up to the captain. 100%. Um... Jerry Coppinger, prof, I was involved in this one myself. Listen to Barry Ryan on Collie's call. Felt he mistreated by Rovers because he didn't get a phone call after getting sacked for being on cocaine during a night out two days before a game. Good to know he's still a gobshite. And um, they like this is the whole thing with Collie's call. Like they pick and choose. Whereas they were they were going for the whole sob story with this fella. But another day they'd probably hammer someone if it was anyone else. Do you know what I mean? For this carry on, and that's the thing. Like he. He went down and said, didn't get a phone call. I don't, And then they wouldn't say anything about Bucco either. When they said, who was the manager at the time? Bucco. And they were like, oh, you didn't get a phone call. You didn't get, who was the manager? Bucco. Did they Did they criticise him? No, <laughs> because they're fucking wimps. That's why. They don't want to say how they really feel. They don't want to upset anybody. That is the way it was. But that's, like, and he said he didn't have a suit. And he didn't, like, nobody, I, I'm, I, I, nobody kind of forced those drugs up his nose. You know what I mean? He said he was left on his own. Things like that. He was a young guy. He made a mistake. Fair enough. There's no pee parade. They should have called him after he took cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you alright? You sort you out, yeah. You get a glass of water in it. No, listen, it happened, and he just, the whole sob story was bullshit to me anyway. Are you flip flopping on Cody's call again, Gar? Flip flopping again. You hate again. it now yeah, again. Yeah, I hate it again, yeah. The government. The government are looking at starting 5% sporting events on a trial basis by the end of June. Start of July to August is likely to a return of spectators of sports and concerts. I wonder what stadium they'll pick. Daily Mount. Uh, I wonder a, if it's fit for purpose. Pick a nice stadium. Yeah, pick a nice one. Yeah, so August 6th looks like the date that all our eyes will be on. Because uh, 
Potentially, this is all in theory now, but you could. Near enough to my birthday profit, it'd be a fantastic birthday present to be back in the terraces, wouldn't it? So, in theory, you could have 100 paying customers for the draw of the game in Tala on June 25th, and then it'll be increased to 200 in July. And in July, we've got Dundalk and two European matches. So, you're looking at possibly a couple of hundred in the ground there. Yep. They're saying like 5,000 for large stadiums like Crow Park. I don't know if Tala, even though it's 8,000, counts as a large stadium, but 500 for smaller stadiums. So you've got all these, this really gradual progress for outdoor venues. Meanwhile, cinemas open June 7th. Cinemas? Are surely they're the dead duck at this stage. Like, like with all the advances in technology and Plex accounts and... Dodgy boxes, surely, and it's a sad thing as well because I used to love the cinema. So surely cinemas are dead in the water, but I you're f- indoor. I still like going the other. Oh yeah, I'd love to go for a good movie or anything that I really want to watch, but I don't. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think they're dying to death. I think the one in the square closed down permanently as well. Must have great ventilation these cinemas. That's what I'm talking about. Like it doesn't make sense, does it? And you look how slow this is, and there's talk of a full capacity at Wembley for the games at Euro 2020. Full capacity. Unbelievable. We are so far behind. Oh, it's killing me. Yeah. Yes, so the Europa League final prof ended in a dramatic penalty shootout. Not quite as dramatic as a 26 penalty marathon way back in the first qualifying round last August. Um, This was, uh, I thought the both goalies were, they weren't great. Really, like, I mean, De Gea was, didn't look bothered at all, did he? Didn't look, didn't look bothered at all. And, it, like, it was very, very poor from him. And even his own panel was poor, so I now could spell the end of his career at Man United. Uh, what's the, the, the subkeeper Henderson? They were saying that uh, they could have done a Van Gaal versus Costa Rica where they brought on a goalkeeper who was proven the penals, whereas yeah. De Gea is like... He hadn't, he hadn't saved one since 2016. 2016 he hadn't saved the penal. Yeah. And this guy had saved six in that time as well. I think uh, Oli... Ollie could be coming to the end of it now. I'd be if I was United, I'd be gunning to get Conte in. I'd be fucking throwing money at him. It's gonna be a big managerial go around now, isn't there? Yeah, there like is, isn't there? Pochettino could yeah. be back to Spurs <laughs> and all this. So that so the final was involving uh, Inouye, who knocked out AC Milan, who had been the last team to win at Tada until this past Monday night. Mm. So yeah, there we go. There's a there's a there's a staff you. So we're going to talk about the Europa Prize money prof. Figures were finally revealed. You get 15 million for the Champions League group stage, 3.63 million for the Europa League group stage and 3 million for the Europa Conference. 3 million for the Europa Conference. Not much difference it's between there, the... It's there for the taking. The Europa League and the Europa Conference. Fuck all difference, half a million. Well, So, and remember, if we win our first Champions League qualifying round and we lose the next round and then we were to lose... The Europa League tie. Even after all that, we still are in a conference playoff. So we're one win away from three million if we can win that first round. Get through, getting through the first round of the Champions League is huge. The problem is you're only talking about three or four of these teams who are maybe beatable. Like yeah, it's tough, isn't like it? Like in that final, in that Europa League final, we were rooting for United because... They had won. It would have made a team from Gibraltar seeds. Yeah, and then it would have pushed Malmo and Zagreb up out of chances to pl- to play. Yeah. Isn't it? It's funny how uh, the winners of the competitions affects Rovers. And the last time we were in the Champions League, twenty twelve, 
Chelsea winning it. Find up Chelsea are in the final again now. Chelsea winning that one in 2012 affected us. That combined with some mad shit that happened in the Georgian League. That made the small difference to make us unseeded. We were the highest ranked unseeded team in the Champions League. Which poor fucker is in charge of these coefficients? Dan Fulham's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's, very, it's very frustrating, I'd say. You have yeah. to have a head for it, you know what I mean? Jesus, there's something else. So we had a great post by Uah uh, Pony McGrath. Uh, I quite enjoyed this. He's, he's talking about the Conference League. Of course, it's a pretty new competition, so... Uh, Big shit out of the party who's currently in Kiev uh, yep. buying 40 million euro worth of chocolate. Did you see the amount of chocolate he <laughs> sent over? And it's called, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it looks deadly. So, Polly, we're expecting a nice big yeah. box of chocolates coming our way. Smuggling them all through security. But he says, I'm following this bullshit about the Conference League on social media. He says, literally everyone uh, realises what it is a smaller tournament. To bridge the gap for smaller leagues and smaller clubs in big leagues, except for some cabbages who are following the top seven or eight clubs in England. He saw a Norwich fan this at the other day. Leeds fans would have been over the moon to, to get into this uh, this year after promotion. The likes of Southampton, Fulham, Newcastle, Aston Villa, clubs starved of European football. He's also seen Aberdeen and Welsh fans. Saying it's a great idea. So he's saying, as opposed to these gobshites in the top 7A who, who were slagging it. But, uh, and he's talking about the celebrations from Union Berlin at the weekend. They're only promoted last year. Got a 92nd minute winner to claim the conference spot. And it's only their second ever time in Europe. Imagine the crowds they'll bring. Mayhem. I mean, we were only talking, this is probably, we're talking about Rob Lavelle's stag. And it's possibly going to be Berlin and a Union Berlin game as well. So, um, oh yeah, mental, mental carry on. Great city for I football. Hate European qualification snobbery. Some of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think they really get football. If if any sort of snobbery towards European football, they don't get it. I just don't think they get football. So, um, Jack Bourne prof, he is back and his surgery went well. So he says, and he's uh, back training and hopefully fully fit for the new season in Cyprus. So, uh, hopefully back on loan soon, next season anyway. And the FBI have confirmed that the Watch LOI streaming service will end next week when the 2021 campaign enters the mid-season break, but there is a promise that new streaming service will be available for the second half of the season, but we have our own plans in place, Prof. So that will be revealed soon enough. Well, what happens is the onus is now on the home team for every game to, to produce their own streaming service. and That's interesting, so... Yeah. If the streaming service is still going and we can't get into games, we'll have to pay the club that's putting on the stream at home, the home game. Like, I wouldn't mind that now. Once, once the stream's there, I'm not sure how it works. You've seen, we saw Bowles announce it, uh, their plans. Ours is somewhat similar. You know, you got mm. your your analysis and your pre and half time post match coverage and all this. So, um, does the just on Watch LOI, there was a tweet by Carl Seal. He said, one of, the, one of the things I won't miss about Watch LOI is having the volume at 100% because of the low commentary and then forgetting about that ad that they played at half-time and full-time, which is loud as fuck. <laughs> and he described the music as, it's like you're standing in life, so sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's bang on. 
brutal. But yeah, so next up, Prof, we have Eamon. And Eamon is... Uh, where, where's Eamon living again? He's living in Ayr in Scotland. He's living in Ayr. Yeah. Uh, they have their own little team. I think they have... I think Air United have a link with Rangers, if I'm not wrong. I think he would have seen maybe McInniff's debut, would he? He might have. might have been against. He might have. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eamon was a former producer on Soccer Public hash, slash uh, Monday Night Soccer, and uh, it was, this is a great interview, lads, so enjoy. Yeah, we're joined by Eamon Donoghue, a television producer and Longford Town supporter, who uh, now lives in Ayr in Scotland, and it was in fact his wedding anniversary today, so congrats to you and the missus, and uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks very much, Carl. Yeah, I got married um, on the Scottish Cup final weekend in 2013, when uh, Pat Fenlon and Owen Doyle's Hibs were beaten by Paddy McCourt's Shamrock Rovers, or Spice Celtic rather, so just getting all my Shamrock Rovers uh, references into my wedding, because I appreciate this as a Rovers podcast, so just giving the audience what they want. That's a good start. How long have you been out in Scotland? And, and Con Murphy was at my wedding as well. I'd point that out. That's another another Rovers <laughs> crowbar into my, into my wedding. Um, I have been in Scotland since September 2012, so coming up on nine years. And tell us when you started following Longford. When did the love affair begin? Um, it's hard to really say. I mean, I always sort of followed Longford Town's results in the local paper because I don't, I don't, I didn't grow up in the town. I grew up in the countryside, so probably about 15, 16 miles outside the town. So I always followed the results of the club in the Longford Leader paper every Wednesday so I was always kind of aware of what was going on and I think probably went to my first game when I was 12 or 13 it was an FAI Cup game against uh, Drada um, the St- Stefan Butler scored twice I think it was a 2-1 win um, and that was it but I sort of it just it, it I just always kind of felt I've always I was grew up I was into GA when I was younger uh, always supported Longford uh, which was always unfashionable enough at the time but it, it just never entered my head that you'd support anyone else so it was, even before I'd even gone to a game it was just always Longford Town that was all I was interested in mostly I, probably when I was in, in primary school and a bit of secondary school I did follow Liverpool to a greater or lesser extent because all your mates are supporting English teams as well but you know it was always Longford for me because that was where I was from so I don't really remember a time when. I wasn't invested in Longford Town results. So you're back in the top flight for the first time in uh, six years, and just a one, one win so far against Derry on opening yeah, day. Probably Robert's worst performance of the season so far was actually when we beat you guys with the, the last minute goal on Tala. So you could have had more points against us and Derry and Dundalk, I suppose, if you held on to those leads. Yeah, no, it started so well because we were, in fact, league leaders after week one. I was. Uh, <laughs> probably the highlight of the season on, on the first week of the season and you probably know it's never it's only going to go downhill from there but we've been you know we've been okay it's it's, it's hard to say you know sometimes when you're following a team that's losing most of the time and bottom of the table you're kind of moaning about, about something and this isn't that the manager this the players that but to be honest we're kind of playing as well most of the time as we're capable of playing the players seem to be as well coached as they possibly can be and you know watching the draw of the game you know last night as we record this you know, we were a better team for a lot of that match and we're pressing hard for an equaliser on 83 minutes and then we get undone twice later on. Uh, it's never a 4-1, but again, you're looking at it, you're thinking it's it's sort of hard to find fault overall. I just think, for the most part, the other the other teams have just, have just got, you know, just better teams with better players. Uh, so it's really hard to sort of be too critical and, and, you know, blame the manager, blame the players because it's going as well as it possibly can, you know, relative to the resources that we have. Um, 
but you know we've been unlucky too I mean you know I guess we'll have different perspectives on, on the Tala game uh, I mean the fact of the matter is Rovers have been digging out a lot of points uh, from late on scoring late on and that's that's why Rovers are champions and that's why probably they're likely to be champions again even though they're not top today um, but you know that was a that was a signal. A point in Tallow would have been great. Um a point at home to Dundalk when you're two nil up is a bit of a signal and then we'd another one up in Derry as well when we're sort of thirty seconds away from taking three points in the Brandywell and you get a point out of that. So um if we could have turned, you know, the Rovers one into a point and the Derry one into three, it would have looked a little bit more optimistic. But I think, you know, as the season goes on, you know, Bows are getting their act together. Um, Dundalk, you assume, will get their act together. Uh, and it will be ourselves in Waterford that, um, you know, are already starting to be cut adrift at the bottom. And, you know, unless something remarkable happens, I think, you know, you go on another six, seven games and there's going to be, you know, a really big gap between Longford Waterford and the next team above. It was it was good to see uh, Aaron Bolger back in the pitch actually, and Tada, one of the many Aaron's in this Longford squad. But uh, <laughs> yeah. especially after a personal tragedy that Aaron uh, Bolger suffers, it actually raised a few eyebrows when he when that move was announced. Uh, how's how's Aaron Bolger looking so far? Yeah, look, he's he's a good player. He, you know, he's got lots of quality, and you, know, you talk about eyebrows being raised um, when we signed them. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we've got enough Aaron's. That's that's a that's a misprint. There's no way we've signed Aaron Bolger because you know he obviously went to Cardiff, uh, you know, with, with high hopes that he was going to kick on. And you'd assume if he was coming back on loan anywhere, it wouldn't be to Longford Town. But you know, he's a good player. He's got good quality. I think we've only got him till the summer, however. So uh, obviously, I'd like him to stay for longer. But uh, I don't think that's going to be realistic because he'll either go back to Cardiff or he'll, he'll go somewhere else. But um, he, he's a good player. He's got lots of quality. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Hoops fans not too fond of Longford these days. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, it's bad enough that you wear balls colours. But um, what's generally the feeling when Roberts come to town, and especially looking ahead to this Saturday, are you trying to capitalise on our back-to-back defeats and the end of our unbeaten run and an injury-hit squad, or are you a bit wary of a, a wounded animal? Uh, look, you you want to capitalise on absolutely anything you can because I, you ne- you never really in this day and age anyway. You certainly don't go into games against uh, Rovers with any degree of optimism, but you know if, uh, it, it might be. I know you are you are struggling with injuries quite a bit, uh, and you are coming off the back of two uh, two defeats. So you know, like with most games, I wouldn't be too optimistic. But you know, I'll start watching it at the weekend, and maybe we might start all right, and I'll kind of start to think to myself after five or six minutes, maybe, 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 but. As I always say, the thing, the thing about the writers of Longford Town is, you know, they've sort of trademarked their ending, you know, so well over the years that you should never be too, too surprised when, uh, with the way it ends. So you were a producer on Monday Night Soccer. This is something I'm, uh, I'm interested in. Uh, I don't know if you heard, there was an RTE podcast there at the start of the season where they had a bit of a reunion. And uh, it might have been the best show they ever did, actually. It was actually a great look back at MS with all the usual characters they talked about the different things they tried you know some worked some didn't the challenges they faced you know cutbacks and bad time slots and um but personally like some of my favorites dave barry was always a a guilty pleasure of mine just in terms of his punditry need him back my favorite segment is probably 60 with jackie hurdy i love that yeah but uh yeah, 60 was good 
Yeah, tell us about your role when you worked there and any memories you have. Yeah, so basically, I, I remember I, I previous to the start of MNS, I was freelance and I was working a little bit with the, mostly with the Daily Mail and a little bit with TV3. So I worked on a few Aircom League weeklies on Monday nights. And I remember I was in the Daily Mail desk one night and this press release came through that RTE had uh, taken the... Um, the, the League of Ireland uh, rights off TV3 tied up with the international rights and so my first reaction was oh no this is terrible I don't get to make Aircom League Weekly anymore um, and then I sort of thought about it for 10 minutes and I was like no 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 I need to get in touch with RTE then and see if I can get, get myself involved in this so um, I just kind of harassed well Eugene a little bit about getting involved and then eventually Stephen Alkin rang me out of the blue asked me to come for a chat uh, and then a couple of weeks later I was in you know, basically to start working on it. So uh, it was brilliant. It was really exciting. That that um, The first season in particular was brilliant because it was probably just before the financial crash. So, you know, there was money there to make it. Uh, we were the only program in RTE at the time that had a dedicated team. So basically, those, you know, a few of us, myself, uh, Stephen Finn, uh, James O'Toole and Steve Caffey, who was the, the program producer, uh, we were the MS team. And that's all we did throughout the week was working towards... Uh, MS on Monday night, whereas guys be working on the Sunday game, be working maybe on Premier Soccer Saturday in the Champions League midweek. So they were always kind of just bouncing around different programs. We were after the first designated team, and I think I think you probably saw maybe the, the fruits of that. You know, as the season went on, um, there was a great atmosphere of trying things out. So sixty, you know, was great fun to do, uh, and they were always, you know, they were always filmed on a shoestring. You know, if you'd sort of seen behind the scenes a lot of the time how sixty was filmed. You know, we did one in a port cabin down in Sligo, and someone was literally holding the black drape behind behind Jackie and <laughs> Richard Brush. You know, and you know, I, I I would film it myself, and so I had no way of telling Jackie that your sixty seconds is up, except sometimes. I would just say, just listen out, I'll just sniff really gently. So if you hear me sniffing really gently, that's your cue to ask the last question. And sometimes she would hear it and sometimes she wouldn't. But we're down in Sligo anyway and the guy holding up the drape thought he'd heard me sniff at about 40 seconds and he just dropped it. Sort of mid-take. And was like, mid-take and it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I thought I heard you sniff. Oh, you didn't hear me sniff. Oh, I'll go again. Um, so that was kind of, that, you know, that was the kind of thing we did. We were up in Finn Harp, something similar again, in a port cabin, no windows. It felt like the hottest day of the year. And um, they, Jackie and uh, um, Neil McCaffrey were kneeling down, you know, on the ground to get the eye level because there were actually no tables or chairs for them to sit at. Um, and again, if you're looking at that, you're thinking this is this is not really uh, this isn't really sort of the television producing dream I had. But uh, th- that kind of stuff kind of made it. You know, probably all the more fun and all the more memorable because it was thrown together and it kind of did the whole thing just kind of created fostered this sort of sense of you know it's a bit of crack I think you know within RTE we always felt that we were slightly the outsiders because there probably was a feeling among some people that we were sort of or MS was forced on them by the international deal um, I don't know what the ins and outs of that were exactly but you kind of almost felt like oh you know MS was almost like you know the kind of the child, you sort of, yeah, you know, a stepchild kind of thing, you know. So you you marry someone, and this is just something something you've got to live with. So you might as well learn to love them. Uh, and I think we played on that as well. You know, we kind of definitely pushed boundaries a bit. We did things that were maybe a bit more, you know, adventurous than you'd see on a lot of the um, 
you know a lot of the other programs uh, and you know it was great fun there was no idea too stupid uh, you know we'd sort of have production meetings in Kylie's and Donnybrook after the program and you know so that's where some of the best ideas would come from and that's where some of the worst ideas would come from uh, and you know I always remember basically we, we did a year of 60 probably ran out of questions and which is mostly why it didn't come back and probably because you're sort of thinking well we don't we don't have the same we don't have the same feature two seasons in a row we need to kind of feel like we're trying something else but I'll always remember Con uh, linking to the the replacement of carry of um 60 the next season saying you know a lot of people didn't like it and a lot of people didn't like it we got a lot of correspondence from people saying this is stupid just show us the football and but uh, he said you know people say you didn't like it well you've got your wish here's its replacement karaoke king uh, <laughs> and you know <laughs> you're talking about bad ideas karaoke king really was a bad idea didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't you participate in this one now yeah <laughs> we did a few we did a few to us we did we did one of pat's uh, we did one at Sligo we did one at Galway as well but most managers weren't having it Pat Fenlon wasn't having it uh, Michael O'Neill wasn't having it uh, you know most of them most of them just weren't having it but it's funny I would you know I, I occasionally see Michael O'Neill these days probably less so since he went to Stoke but he does his family home is in Edinburgh so you know I do sort of run into him from time to time and uh, he's always quick to remind me about what a bad idea Karaoke King was <laughs> Uh, some fans were pretty upset at the news uh, that, like, for the first time in what 12, 13 years, you wouldn't have a, a League of Ireland highlight show. Uh, others, like myself, my, myself, maybe thought that in its current form, when it was reduced to just a half hour of goal kips and no analysis, maybe it had become redundant anyway. What was your reaction to the demise of Soccer Republic? Uh, to be honest, I, I'd probably seen it coming for a couple of years. Uh, not because I thought it had to go, but I just sort of felt that it was, it kind of felt to me like it was being wound up uh, and dismantled almost to the point where it sort of, it kind of had to fail really. You know, look, RT will, will argue and they're right to argue, look, we're paying a lot of money to cover the league, which, you know, they were because uh, while they would do fewer maybe uh, live games than air over the course of the season you know you're putting in a single camera at every single match across an entire season and you're putting in edit facilities all these things you're spending a lot of money to cover the league and they would say for various reasons uh, it hasn't worked um, you know even in the, probably in the first season when like I said there was a budget you know there was resource to try and do it as well as you possibly could the viewing figures were never great you know and you know eventually they start to bounce around I always used to think for, anyway that sort of 7, 8 o'clock on a Monday night was a bad slot because in a lot of houses, that's soap night. So if you've sort of spent, you know, not sort of, you know, generalising or being sexist or anything, but if you've sort of spent the weekend watching sport and you're sitting in with your missus on a Monday night, she's probably had enough. And if Coronation Street and East Enders are on back-to-back, it's probably an argument you're not going to win. So I kind of don't think a Monday night slot in right in the middle of all the soaps was helpful anyway, but they did move it around. It didn't really work. Uh, and they would probably say, well, look, we had to take the steps we could. But, you know, I, I would ask them, you know, my counter to that would be, well, if you look at the programme for the last five years, was it as good as it could have been? Uh, you know, was it even 80% as, as good as it could have been most of the time? So, uh, you know, I suspect the answer is no. Only they could really answer that. So uh, I kind of think it was possibly set up to fail which is disappointing um, and I think what you notice is 
you may have a different opinion on this just because of the classic example I'm going to give but um, you know throw in gate a couple of weeks ago against Derry I just remember thinking at the time you know that would have been like a free for all in MNS the following Monday because you would have had everybody absolutely going for it either defending it or attacking the referee or whatever and things like that to the people who watch the program was, you know it was gold people loved that you know and it might have been a small audience but you know it really meant an awful lot to the people who did watch it and I just remember thinking on after the throwing gate I remember thinking oh MS would have been brilliant analysing that on Monday especially when you guys were live as well wouldn't it make sure like anything can happen I suppose yeah there was a lot of that you know <laughs> quite often some things did happen that sort of thinking oh, I'm not sure like the famous one I think when uh, Sporting Fingal were beaten yeah Sporting Fingal won the cup beats Sligo and Tala and you know it was obviously such a smash and grab and then Paul Cook came out and gave them one, the most magnanimous interview you know ever afterwards and, and Roddy tried to be funny no malice and he goes he's just said something like you know he probably goes home after that and beats the wife and he said that live and I was like Jesus Christ I remember <laughs> that yeah I remember that yeah last program in the season and uh, you know so you know that that was obviously was the risk but there were some you know really good exchanges I remember Owen Hand and Roddy having a right go because Roddy our Owen had said you know Roddy will say things for a reaction you know he'll say things he doesn't really believe just because he'll know it'll get a good reaction which is probably true but he obviously wasn't having that on air so you know he was like no no everything I say lifts opens his jacket points at his chest comes from in here and I was thinking this is amazing Richie Sadler between the two of them like didn't know where to look, couldn't keep a straight face, just as these two guys were just arguing back and forth at each other in a totally un- unscripted, you know, unforeseen way. But, you know, it had great moments like that. I absolutely loved it, you know. The last year I was in RT, I was actually moved off the programme uh, to go and edit the Sunday game, which probably in there, in the view of RT, was like, oh, you see this as a step up. And it probably was a step up in the sense that it's a bigger programme and everything, but I didn't enjoy it. 10% as much as much as I love working on MNS. And in fact, even though I was doing the Sunday game and I was in on Sunday nights, I would always come in on a Monday to do a voiceover for MNS just because I, I wanted to stay involved. So, uh, you know, I absolutely loved it. If I could have, you know, even now, if I could have one job tomorrow for the rest of my life, it would be, you know, to resurrect MNS and go and work on it. So this weekend spells the end of uh, Watch LOI. Uh, we're doing some. Mm. Quick fire interviews with Rovers fans on uh, this week's podcast to kind of give their thoughts on the product. Uh, it was mostly positive, like they were saying, you know, served the purpose. Uh, it allowed us to see the games during the pandemic, which we would, otherwise wouldn't have seen. But every single one of them mentioned uh, no replays. That's probably the main problem. Uh, they did add a co-commentator, of course. That was that was a good thing. What did you think yeah. overall of uh, Watch Yellow Boy? Well, it was interesting for me because I was suddenly had access to Longford Town games every week, which I haven't had for years. So uh, the novelty for me was like, wow, this is amazing. Because I suddenly had an attachment to the team that I didn't have and I was actually aware of what was going on in a way that I was only sort of just getting my, my updates from the internet and from watching live score on a Saturday night and just refreshing the page all the time. So it was great, but you know... The no replays thing is difficult when you're used to watching. Like if you're at a game, obviously you don't have replays, but in the sense that you're sitting watching, you know, a broadcast of the game, you're expecting to see them, um, and it would have been so much better. But again, it comes down to brass tacks. The numbers for watch LOI, as I understand it, were very low, 
And if you're putting in replays, you're, you're immediately you're putting in a second camera, which you know more or less doubles your cost. And you know the technology you need then to to generate and play out the replay. That's another person. That's another piece of equipment. So essentially, you're doubling your budget when the numbers aren't there. You know, I think I think on average, some somebody said that maybe it was like three thousand people were watching a game, possibly less. Um, so from RT's point of view, I can see why they they didn't really want to put in any more money. When it wasn't there, it is a shame. I'm just, I'd be interested to see what the clubs come back with after the weekend. Um, but like you say, it was it was the bare minimum that probably people needed in a pandemic. You know, I don't think it'll be remembered with any great fondness, except that it sort of, it just, it did the job when it had to do the job. But uh, going forward, I don't think it was ever really going to be a sustainable uh, and kind of enjoyable resource. And that RT podcast I mentioned from a few months ago during all their uh, nostalgia about Soccer Republic, Cam Murphy uh, made a good point that maybe they kind of missed the boat with social media. And, you know, it, it always had been a gripe with the FEI that clubs weren't permitted to show their own goals until three days later on the Monday. So uh, on that note, we've seen the likes of Rawers and Bows. They're, they're announcing their own streaming service now for home games once Watch the LOI ends. You know, there'll be full production, commentary, analysis. Are you excited to see what the clubs can do now on their own initiative yeah. and is this the future? Yeah, because I think, when it, you know, again, I don't want to sort of completely, uh, you know, slaughter the sort of reputations of people who are working in RTE, but uh, I think when people are, when the clubs are doing it themselves, their, their, their starting point is a kind of a point of you know passion and a desire to make things look as good as they can because they're in it for themselves i.e. they go to the club and kind of creating a sustainable brand and something that appeals and if your output is good and strong and polished uh, that's obviously going to get you subscriptions but also perhaps it, it maybe uh, encourages people to come along to a game because you know it's all about brand awareness, isn't it? So uh, I'd like to think, you know, a lot of the clubs, particularly the Premier Clubs, Cork as well, maybe, would probably do quite a good job in packaging themselves up. And, you know, some of the clubs are very media savvy at the minute. Obviously, Rovers are very media savvy. Bowls are very media savvy at the way they operate. Um, so uh, I'd be, be optimistic with what, you know, what they can offer. Because like I said, their starting point and everyone's starting point within the clubs is to make the clubs and the streams look as good as they can and they're trying to serve as the fans probably in a way that RTE aren't and that's not necessarily to say that they were uh, they did anything wrong in that because everyone has to look after themselves so the way they look after themselves isn't necessarily you know going to help the clubs and I, I think the club's starting point like I say is obviously to um, promote themselves and I'd be optimistic that they'll put on some good packages and it'll be good to watch I believe it there so Eamon thanks so much for joining today I really enjoyed that no pleasure anytime yeah great stuff from Eamon there prof Uh, I loved uh, the fact that they got to just sit around drinking pints and thinking up segments like that that's and that 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 was his job like that that was pretty cool he said he glad he quit his job now and go back and do it so it it was a labour of love once he never ever comes up with any more karaoke shy ever again (laughs) because that was the worst bit of television Anyway, anyway, Dave Barry though was gold. Yeah, Dave Barry's brilliant. But um, yeah, I kind of gave my opinion on there, and that like I wasn't even watching Soccer Republic 
the year before it was cancelled and it just became a clip show of goals uh, I don't know it was kind of inevitable that it was going to go hearing less of Fabio O'Brien is always a treat though I know but without analysis what was the point yeah, I don't think... Uh, you can see I the call that analysis now. <laughs> you can see the goals on Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah. No, no. SSE Artricity Facebook page have a 30-minute show now. So, yeah. They show all the highlights. There you go. So, that's but, that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is a good thing that the home teams are going to make do their own uh, stream service. And you're going to get a better product, I think. It's going to be made by people who give a shit. Exactly. So it's going to be to their liking and how they think fans should receive it. Mm. So it's going to be overall, probably you could call it a platform or a stepping stone towards better things. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Right, so next up, Prof, we have starting 11s and predictions. Right, this is a toughie because we're actually we're in the dark here. I'm not too sure. Like... Who we got? We Manus. We know Manus is in, right? So I'm gonna go Horace back. Horace back from suspension. So we got Grace on the left, Horn in the middle. I like Horn in the middle, advancing, and Pico on the right. So that's a solid back three. We know Cabinet, no Ferrugia. So it's gonna be Scales on the left. Finn is Finn injured? Is he fit? We don't know. Gannon. So it's Gannon out there. Well, I'm gonna assume no, Joe. You're Finner. Yeah, that's what we're gonna we're gonna assume if they're if they're injured and they were out last week. That's what we're gonna assume. Now, here comes the tough part, the middle of the park. If we now have a finner, we can't play him in the middle. So we've Gary O'Neill, and is McCann the one you want in the middle after not... Like, underwhelming is the way I describe McCann. That's the truth. There's no other way around it. Underwhelming for McCann. Gary O'Neill in the middle with him. Now, I know it's going to be Bork, Mandroyo, and I'm going to go Gaffney. Green. Is Green or injured? What do we know of? I'm going to drop him. Am I fed up? Maybe. The chances, I think the chances are, I think maybe a, maybe a little rest and then going into the break, you know, he, he, he'd be fully refreshed and mentally stable. So, Bork, Mandrew, Gaffney. Gaffney or Green? Does, do you drop Green and then do you, do you rattle his confidence? Jim Conroy is loving this right. Do you start Gaffney? <laughs> I'm going to go with the main three. Oh, yeah, Gaffney. Gaffney up top. Bork, Mandrew, has to be Gary O'Neill and McCann. There's no other alternatives. Who else can you put in there? Could bring back Brando on loan. Bring back Brando on loan. Brando fucking melee. More of a chance <laughs> of getting the game. Oh, yeah, that's what it's going to be. So I'm going to go Manus, Grace, Horpico. On the left, Scales. On the right, Gannon. Gary O'Neill and McCann in the middle. Bork, Mandrew and Gaffney up front. And poor Earl Green are dropping to the bench. And possibly, I want to have an impact sub. I'm not going to play the two of them again because it just doesn't work. Unless that's you have Green or Grafton on the left-hand side somewhere. He could play left wing back easily, you know. That's how I feel, yeah. I want one of Green or, or Gaffney to be yeah. an impact sub, yeah. So, right. so Green or impact sub. I'll go along with your team there. I think... It's hard. There's not much else. There's not much, much options, like... If McCann's going to do it, it needs to be Saturday. I'd be giving Zephy an old game now before he heads off to Inter. Before he becomes an Instagram footballer. Yeah, before he comes in, he already fucking is, isn't he? They all are nowadays, but... Yeah, so that's it. And I'm going to go... I'm... I'm thinking nil all. I'm not going to predict nil all, but I'm thinking nil all. I'm going to say a scrappy, the scrappiest of the scrappiest one nil wins. And I don't know, it's going to go in off someone's Mickey at this stage. But that's <laughs> the only way we're going to get a goal. 
I'll be more optimistic. I think 2-0. McCann is even going to score. McCann's going to score now. I'll say 1 and I'm going to say Pico header from a Mandroyu corner. I'm going to break that duct. Pinpoint delivery. Pinpoint delivery, yeah. So It's uh, a tricky one though, isn't it? What? Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. Like These are going to be gunning for a point against the team that they'll see on the ropes. That's the way they're gonna they're they're gonna see this. He's gonna put that to his players like that, so they definitely will be up for it. Looking for their first league win over since two thousand seven. Mm. And by the way, this this episode has been fueled by Rolos. I mean, the prof been munching on Rolos <laughs> here, and we've forgotten how underrated they are. <laughs> Rolos are actually totally underrated. Is this the chocolate segment? Yeah, again? this is the chocolate segment, and maybe maybe if they could come out with. We were wondering, was there a Rolo bar? We couldn't remember, and there was, because we used to love the Rolo ice creams. But maybe if Rolo could make one solid tubular bar, there's mm. your there's your substitution for the flake. A caramel-infused flake. How about that? I think you might have just solved the flake crisis. I think I might have just solved the flake crisis. But the big debate is, we're going to be talking... Were you a fan? Now, this is because friends came back. This totally devoided our WhatsApp group. It's a quick one. Ooh. Are you a fan of Friends? Oh, I was. It was an easy watch. You watched it, you sat down, you did, you, time flew by. You know, it was a good program growing up. A lot of people hate this because the reunion's coming up. It's a quick off off topic debate. I'm, I'm in the Friends boat. A lot of people aren't. It was like, an easy watch. I can't give a definitive answer because it was a silly show. You know, my, I mean? my humor has changed as I've gotten older. So I loved Friends at the time. But when I see clips now, I laugh at some of it and yeah. not not other parts. I could probably confidently say I've seen every single episode. Do you know what I mean? I think I have as well. And yeah. I think at, at one stage we were getting like a million quid a fucking episode. So did, it I, was good TV when TV back then wasn't like, there wasn't such a selection. Now we're saturated with loads of great great TV shows. I think it was. It was a good TV show for me. There's a podcast I listen to and uh, there's a guy who is a big fan of both Seinfeld and Friends and he's he watches reruns of them all the time and he says he's noticed similarities in in the storylines. Yeah. Whereas if I went back and watched Seinfeld now I'd probably laugh my head off. Yeah, Seinfeld is pretty good. Now, that's something I never really got on. I only watched a couple of them but mm. I will do what you were doing. Sopranos is next. Got the box set off 90s Pato and I'm going to go podcast for episode. So that's what I'm going to go for oh, next. Oh yes. That's what's going to happen. I did that for the wire. Yeah. So there's a pod, there's a there's a Sopranos podcast for each episode and there's a wire podcast for each episode. That's that's next for me. Sopranos is up next. But yeah, that's it. Send in your send in your thoughts. Um yeah, so up next we have um the shop. Club shop has reopened and some new merchandise will be revealed today as you're listening to this Friday as of 12 and it's a blackout gear prop as far as I know. Looks good. There's a grey crest. I like blackout gear. Yeah, don't forget to buy use our stencils and use our magnets. And use our pencils and use our plates. <laughs> magnets. Always with the magnets. But loads of great stuff. And socks, soccer socks, uh, old jerseys, the whole lot. Retro, all the good gear, you know yourself. I'm very, very fond of the new era hats myself. Uh, I got a couple of those and they're very, very cool. Got the blackout one, got the one with the kind of fish scale on it. Very cool. Um, so that is pretty much it for that this well, week. Well, like you say, the break can come quick enough. Although yeah. it's only a week, but uh, it's it's a gap of two weeks. And I was I was thinking, I'm pretty sure it was three weeks mm. for the previous Euros. So I, I had a look. And yeah, Euro 2012, it was three weeks where it was under Stephen Kenny, actually. And we drew one all home to Cork. Twiggy scored. 
Twiggy. And then we got Hib the Late Equalizer. I think it was Dunleavy, might have been. And so then that was a horrible note to end on. And we yeah. came back on a Thursday at Talca Park, cracking 3 2 win. I think Portugal were playing the same night. All so, and Rovers are playing around yeah. the same as the Euros. So the Euros were in full brilliant. swing. Uh, Euro 2016, then we won 2 0 at Richmond Park. Uh, Craig scored. I think Shazzy scored. As I remember well. that, yeah. It was a. Yeah. Craig did a, a no look pass and Shazzy buried it for his yeah. time. So that, that was the high note to end on. Then three weeks, and then we come back and we have a stalemate with Cork 0 0. That ends up being Nutty's last game in charge because then Rops was fucking Nutty. the following Quite week. Disappointing. So those were three weeks, but Ireland were in those two tournaments. I think that might have been part of the reason why it was a bigger gap. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, so that's it for this week, Prof. Um, Another Saturday game. Baldy Balls and Professor K. So that is it for this week, and we wish you all the best and keep on hoping. See ya. <laughs>